dream high in the quiet of the night you know that i caught it hello and welcome to what i believe is the 12th annual mildly pleased awards Damn. and it's that kind of confidence that brings this award show together every year uh it's brought to you by sean lemmy john otney and colin westman who are the uh the three people keeping mildlypleased.com alive after all these years and guys, we like to annually celebrate um, the content that doesn't get celebrated enough. The the meat and potatoes that we all live off of uh, in between the the moments of, of brilliance and, and, I guess, also utter disaster uh, that, that get highlighted in, in other award shows. And... Um, this year we're recording it you know in 2024 we fully missed getting this done at the end of 2023 yeah but we got to see the whole year sean that's a great not doing this shit of posting top lists before the year's even over yeah because you know what happens when that when you do that you end up like pitchfork and you end up making your number one album an album from the year before because you Mm -hmm. put out your prior list too early Wow. Did that really happen? Yeah, they put number one was that SZA album that came out in December of 2022. Yeah. Which made Guys, my list uh, because I waited like yeah. a good little boy. December counts. <laughs> wow. Well, it's yeah. like also Spotify wrapped always comes out like the first week of December or whatever because mm-hmm. they don't want any yeah. everyone's lists to be filled with Christmas music. Yeah. <laughs> I've... I've I've shared my my uh, Apple Music replay with you guys, and let me tell you, some of the stats have changed over the past week. Mm-hmm. Things change in December. It's a real month. <laughs> it's a real, and you know what? They should probably move when New Year is. I'm not mm-hmm. sure it makes sense for it to be at the end of December. Have I told you guys this before? <laughs> uh, no, okay. tell, no, but tell me now. So look, a lot of ho- a lot of religions have holidays around the winter solstice. Makes sense. It's the darkest, scariest time of the year. Um, but and not to go all Neil deGrasse Tyson on you guys. <laughs> when the year is is a total arbitrary thing, right? Like mm-hmm. they're just made up. There's no like, nothing happens between December 31st and January 1st. It's like oh, it's a new year now. It's just one uh, one loop, right? So it could be anywhere. And why have it a week after Christmas and all the other holidays, you know? Why not move to maybe end of March? Mm. You know, springtime? Sure. Well, what about February? Why not February? What's going on in like February? Chinese New Nothing. Year. I think they do yeah. it February, uh, I'm looking at it now, 10th. I mean, everyone has New Year's resolutions, right? And a lot of them are like, eat better exercise more like yeah. change change your habits why do that at like the hardest time of the year to change your habits when it's dark all the time it's fucking cold maybe it's miserable maybe because if they pushed it to even february you'd just be too far gone you'd just be turned into the <laughs> ultimate slob throughout all of january <laughs> you know you need the I quick th- turnaround i think Maybe that's okay though. Maybe you need to you need to hit rock bottom to rebuild yourself. Maybe this is our new uh, New Year's resolution: is slob it up in January, <laughs> make yourself a mess, and then <laughs> bring it all back at February first. It's a leap year this year. You got a long February, plenty of time to recover. Anyway, I'm getting us a little sidetracked from our awards show. Um, 
where we highlight the uh, the things that are good, not great, uh, the the flawed masterpieces of the year. Uh, this format has stayed the same, but the the categories we nominate in has gotten a little streamlined over the years. Um, TV shows and video games are gone because uh, it just got to the... Well, video games was just me yelling at you guys about video games. And then... <laughs> just, just you lecturing us on video games that you didn't even like that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then TV shows, we had this problem of uh, nobody watches the same stuff anymore except for the stuff that's really good that everybody watches and then wouldn't be in this award show anyway. Yeah, here's a brief recap of something you don't really need to watch. <laughs> well, also... It's like there's so many TV shows that it's really easy to just quit watching a show that's kind of like lost some steam in yeah. like the later seasons. It's just like, eh, I'll just watch something else. I don't need to power through to the finale of the show. Um, so those are gone. Events are back. I think we had events back last year as well. Um, I think we took them off because like 2020 and 2021 were too depressing. Yeah, it was... But then uh, the world got a little more mildly pleasing, I guess. <laughs> so they're back. And um, and yeah, let's not delay any longer. Let's get right into it. Our first category that we want to talk about is viral videos. One of the hardest categories um, every year. And um, the first video I nominated is Sitting. Uh, by Brian Jordan Alvarez. Uh, now he's performing in character as TJ Mack, which is a thing you won't know unless you follow Brian Jordan Alvarez. So I guess I should explain um, that he is a, an actor and a comedian uh, who uh, has pivoted on Instagram and TikTok to doing these characters that he does with thick accents as well as uh, the like the most exaggerated facial filters. Um, and TJ Mack is one of these characters, and he sings a song here about how sitting is the opposite of standing. Uh, it's also the opposite of running around. And you it's deserve also a wonderful sit. thing to do. Yeah. And uh, I think it's funny, and I also think... It is a brain worm that infects you, and then you can't stop thinking about it. Um, it was described by some outlets as the song of the summer. Um, <laughs> and then, like, legitimate outlets, like Vanity Fair. Um <laughs> And uh, and I, I'm I'm just I'm also just happy for Brian Jordan Alvarez to to have his uh, continued success here. Um, if you've never heard of him at all, he has a web series called The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo that I think about a lot. It's really funny. I recommend you look it up on YouTube. I think when you, I think when you introduced me to the song, I heard like the version that's like kind of a, like it has an instrumental track under it. It's like a remix of it. I feel like it's kind of better because it sounds like an actual song and the original version of him singing this is like you know just him kind of doing something off the cuff yeah which i guess is a little charming but i feel like it with the instrumentals like oh yeah this is this is kind of a bop i guess <laughs> even though the <laughs> lyrics are so stupid <laughs> 
I think it sucks. Yeah, John hates it. So, if you remember in the early 2010s, everyone realized you could do like filters and shit on your MacBook. You know, that's yeah. why we have like Potion Cellar from like a decade ago. We've yeah. seen this. This is nothing new. Let's not pretend this is something new. I just don't think the song's funny. I think that's fair. And and you've just heard it for the first time recently, right? I've heard it one time. Yeah. So I am excited to see how it infects you over time. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, a video that definitely infected me was this resurfaced um, Where My Background Singers uh, video, which is Patti LaBelle... Uh, performing at some sort of like white house like i don't know christmas tree lighting or something <laughs> yeah. not, i should have looked more into like what the um <laughs> what the context was you didn't do your but, research for the mildly pleased awards Sean, <laughs> for the viral video category you even know what year it is Yeesh. yeah so this is the 1996 national tree lighting i just looked it up for you well, i mean you don't know you don't uh, know you're the mildly pleased awards it is <laughs> Oh god. I'm pretty sure it's twelve. If I if I'm wrong, then it's like thirteen. So that's even better. I'm looking it up and yeah, it's twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um so sh- uh it's Pay Bell performing this Christmas and everything that could go wrong goes wrong. Um she walks out on the stage too early. Um her background singers just aren't there. Um <laughs> She doesn't have the cue cards, which is really funny that she doesn't know the words because she did put out a Christmas album called This Christmas. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, fair enough. She doesn't know the words. She needed the cue cards. The cue card guy was was not doing his job. Uh, and that really comes to a head when she has to introduce the, the person doing the uh, solo. And she's like, I, I need the card to say his name, honey. Um. And then the real cherry on top is at the end, she's kind of like lost on stage, doesn't know what to do, and suddenly Bill and Hillary Clinton come up behind. <laughs> uh, really just the most embarrassing place to be caught with your pants down is in yeah. front of the President of the United States. Good stuff. It just, it makes me laugh a lot. I've watched it many times when I need, when I need some laughter. Yeah. Um... That said, obviously this happened in 1996. The YouTube video itself is from 2016, so I don't know if it's really fair to say it's the viral video of 2023. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm happy to have an opportunity to to share it with the world. But something that's very of 2023 uh-huh. is the grimace shake trend. This is my favorite use of TikTok when. There's a, a a movement, if you will, that inspires people to be creative in a funny way. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like a lame dance or something. It's something more than that. So McDonald's came out with their very own Grimace Shake, which I, I did try. Uh, it's a berry vanilla kind of shake. I, I could barely taste the berry. It just tastes like vanilla. <laughs> but the funny thing about it is people would make these videos where they, they drink it, and then suddenly it'll cut away to... Like something horribly violent, like maybe they're like puking grimace shake all over the place, or maybe there's a creepy grimace monster that appears. One of my favorite ones is a guy drinks it and then just cuts away, and he's like shoved himself into a basketball hoop somehow. <laughs> like this is amazing. 
It just because like you never know where it's gonna go. So I watched a bunch of these, just really enjoying like, oh, what are they gonna do with it? And it was just, it was just, it's fun because like Grimace, he isn't really a part of the McDonald's franchise anymore. So I like that kind of the common perception of him today is like he's some weird monster from the past, <laughs> and now he's back. Like he's like Pennywise or something. <laughs> it's a fun angle to take. On Grimace, who was who was originally a villain, as Neil deGrasse Tyson would tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, do, I do believe stole milkshakes, uh, so mm. it's oh. all accurate. Yeah, this is a great. Yeah, this is a great piece of marketing. I don't think this is what McDonald's intended, but hey, it worked out. People wanted it. I loved it. Um, another trend was the how often do you think about the Roman Empire um, meme, I guess, where um, women would ask their their boyfriends how often they talk they think about the Roman Empire, and um, the guys would all admit that they think about the Roman Empire with surprising frequency, daily, weekly. Um, even monthly seems high to me. Um. Now, was this video that we all watched that you posted um, the original? Is this the genesis of this topic, or is this just an example of it? Like, do you know if there's one earlier than this, or that is the one of the earlier ones? It's not the earliest. Okay. Um, because I believe it began as a like viral like text thread that someone shared. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. And yeah, let's see if the I think this is the second one on the know your meme page for this. Okay. Well, I just I yeah. find this. Okay, so it was really early, but it's not like the the first. It came from um, s- the Swedish internet and then got translated into English. And then someone went on TikTok and was like, ladies, ask your man how often he thinks about the Roman Empire. <laughs> and then that reel started getting replies, including the one that I shared with you guys, which I like because the guy is really defensive about how often he thinks about the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's funny. It turns out to be a lot when at first it sounds like not at all. I find it so interesting because I feel like so many women now really do think that guys are thinking about this all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a real thing. And I'm just like, no, this isn't a real thing. This is like a joke. But, like, are you sure, though? Are you sure you don't think? I don't think about it. I mean, I think about, like, guys in togas and, like, Caesar and stuff. <laughs> Like all the time? Yeah, like how often? You know, you know, like, like once a week. <laughs> now Colin does work in a museum, so. Mm. Well, yes. He's surrounded by Greek shit. Roman style columns. But even the fact that it's got that conversation going is is uh, is fun. <laughs> it's interesting. Almost as interesting as this last video. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had to go a little old school. Colin, can you explain? This one's kind of complicated. Colin, can you explain this one? Okay, so um, we open on a slide at a park, and then we just kind of like stare at the slide for a little bit, and then uh, a police officer falls down the slide ass first, just like 
scrapes his belly on the pavement as he falls uh, off the slide onto the ground. And I think his gun, like, falls out, too. (laughs) Yeah, something goes flying. It's just, like, how did he get in this position going down a slide? Like, was he... He must have been, like, tumbling and... Shifted around. It doesn't the whole seem time. intentional. No. It seems like, like an accident. It's not how he planned on going down the slide. And also, it's just fun that he's a cop, <laughs> like in yeah. uniform. Yeah, it's even more embarrassing. No. This guy's supposed to be protecting us. He can't even protect himself. <laughs> <laughs> Children's entertainment. You know, pointing out that he's a cop really adds a whole other dimension to this. Now, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about a man falling down the slide. Now I'm thinking about a man <laughs> of the law falling down the slide. <laughs> Get some extra points. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely the funniest. So if, if we're ranking this yeah. on, like, what's the funniest? <laughs> it's that one. <laughs> I've, I've never seen it before. I don't know how many people talked about it. I don't know how popular it was, but it's I the one I enjoyed the most. I remember seeing it earlier in the year. Um, so <laughs> some people saw it. I mean, my personal favorite is Grimace Shake, but that's like, it's tough when it's like a bunch of videos. Yeah. yeah. It's just fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it... It'd be weird giving it to a Boston police officer. <laughs> slide. I mean, every winner of this award is weird. I feel like that's a great way to. I, God, we should have looked up past winners. I, I, but I, I feel like it, it usually is these kinds of videos that win. Not always. Well, I think it's just because we have a soft spot for like the era of viral videos where it was more mm. just like weird shit being caught on oh, camera. Shit. You're, you're dating uh, us, Colin. This is like millennial humor. This is like this. I this know. dates back to like our fondness for jackasses. We grew yeah, up. Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh shit! You guys remember fail blog? <laughs> a little bit. That's yeah. Really, yeah. Oh god. Oh no. <laughs> oh well. I'm looking up what last year's winner was. I think it was Pro ZD um, actually for his uh, video about board games. Sounds right. <laughs> Explaining the rules, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but I feel like in the past, like, did I remember there's that, in my memory, famous video of, like, that, like, guy who's like, oh, heavy metal, and then he, like, jumps onto some, like, frozen water. <laughs> I feel like that one that year. <laughs> yeah. Some Scandinavian guy. I'm like, yeah, this is my shit. I feel like one year there's that video where the guy falls through the ceiling and the yeah. he's like, hey, Bob, hey, Larry. Great. Well, that hurt. Classic. <laughs> that one. I think I think that one. At least. Yeah. It, it fucking better have. Looks like in 2020, super embarrassing politicians as the Avengers one. <laughs> <laughs> I still think about that sometimes. <laughs> okay, so it's Boston Police Officer. I love it. I love that choice. Yeah, why not? It's so unimportant. <laughs> yeah. All right. Our next category is uh, the most mildly pleasing event of the year. Um, and for me, that begins with Ben Affleck becoming Duncan's spokesperson. It finally happened. 
after uh, after years of being the unofficial spokesperson for Duncan by posting, or not really posting, he's, he's not publicizing these, by being photographed with Duncan, usually seemingly on the cusp of spilling, um, Ben yeah. Affleck finally got the opportunity to start doing commercials for Duncan. And it's good. It's weird because he does like an even more Boston accent than he normally does, at least in movies. <laughs> And like interviews, <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe that's just not his film persona. That maybe that's the real Ben Affleck, the one that Jennifer Lopez fell in love with. Um, <laughs> well, Boston loves Duncan for Boston some reason. Duncan. What? It's didn't it start there? Maybe I think it did. It must have, because you know Duncan's everywhere, but it's like people especially love it in Boston for some reason. But maybe that's it. Maybe it's the hometown pride. Yeah, Qu- Quincy, Massachusetts. Alright. There you go. They lay claim to it. Even though it doesn't feel like there's anything particularly Boston about it. And I guess what makes Starbucks no. Seattle and I guess just that it's coffee and we like coffee. I don't know. Yeah. I miss I miss Duncan Colin. That's what I miss with the East Coast. <laughs> I went there every day. It's not even like it was that good. I just liked how cheap and easy it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. right by my house. I I still get their emails, and you think I'd like? Well, well, if if you're not within you know range of a Duncan, why wouldn't you just unsubscribe? But I don't know. Am I secretly getting points if I keep keep on their email list? I'm gonna yeah. You gotta <laughs> gotta save up for your next. I'm gonna trip. save up. I'm gonna save up. We got them in like in like L.A., right? I'll just see if I, you know, maybe I'll I go think there. So, <laughs> okay. uh, clearly, because Ben Affleck is always being photographed with Duncan. Yeah, he must have a it's few. Not, it's not going to get flown in, like Oprah getting Azelle's chicken. Um, another one we wanted to talk about is just how weird a year it was for cinema. Mm-hmm. Good um, and bad. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think. The, the the headline is the uh, simultaneous WGA and SAG strikes. Uh, all the all the writers and all the actors uh, were on the picket lines during the hot hot heat of the summer, and um, on the one hand, good for them. Uh, the industry obviously has changed massively since the last writer strike in. What was that 2008? Yeah. And uh, it really does sound like conditions were extremely bad for writers um, and and for a lot of actors who are gigging, which is like most most actors, right? Most actors aren't um, Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, so I fully supported that strike and recognized how fucked up the industry was, and it was Fun to see Fran Drescher become like a <laughs> union icon. Hell yeah! Um, what? What? Did you guys have any strike stories? <clears throat> no. Uh, okay. Well, you know, I. It, I mean, the sad part is, it just seemed like it lasted way longer than. Well, that's really long. Yeah, it seemed like a, a lot of it came down to like millionaires not being able to like part with a few hundred thousand dollars a year or some tidy thing like that uh yeah it was never quite clear to me who the bad guy was like was it bob Iger? yeah um 
was it um uh, what's his name the discovery guy zaslav zaslav yeah um was it both of them? It's probably both of them. Don't trust billionaires. No. Um, and also, it was hard to tell how much AI was really a part of this. Um, it's really easy to believe cavalier, soulless business people are like, yeah, we can have AI write our stories for us. Um, but that just sounds like incredibly moronic for a business that is in that like makes its money off of art like if i if i was selling art and someone said well i can teach a computer to make art for free i would do everything in my power to like stop that from existing because my whole value proposition is that i have artists um so i i just never really got like why they'd be like oh no no, no let's just <laughs> let's have dumb ai scripts and CGI actors and and all the the doom saying stuff, but I I also kind of believe it. I think it's also because a lot of people with power in Hollywood aren't creative types, you know. <laughs> like I think a lot of them will come from other industries and don't like they don't have that storytelling bug that I think in maybe in in decades past a lot of um, Hollywood producers and studio heads had. Mm. Um, it is just more about making money, I guess, but I don't know. Maybe I, that isn't entirely true. Cause it's like <laughs> movies aren't a sure, like a surefire business proposition. Uh, I think because they are like so dependent on audiences and, and trying to do creative work. And so eh, you usually have people in charge who at least have some amount of like interest in making good stuff because they could make more money in other industries. I don't know. It's complicated. Yeah. I mean, I feel like David Zaslav is the ex exception though. Cause it seems like he's just like, I mean, he, he's pioneered the business model of make a movie and then don't release it as a tax write off. Um, yeah. I mean, that's also something that's like never really I, happened. I can't remember so many movies being made and then not coming out like movies that I was aware of. Like, yeah. this, there's the coyote thing, there's the Batgirl movie. I, f I keep forgetting, remember how they made a Salem's Lot movie, and they're just like, yeah, I don't know, or maybe we won't do anything with it. <laughs> it that's, like, done. It, like, finished like, a couple of years yeah. ago or something, or, like, at least a year ago. Maybe we'll drop it on Max, I don't know. What the... Um, and we know that he rose to power um, during the last writer strike because he was a champion of reality TV. Mm -hmm. um, so I do feel like with that, with Max being acquired by uh, what's, what's their one? TLC? Is that right? Whatever the reality station is. Yeah, I think that's uh, it. You know, I, I do wonder if 2024 is going to see a, a huge push in reality TV. Oh, I think the, it will. As written content takes a while to bounce back. Um, but we should also talk about what 2024 was like as a movie goer, uh, which is it was weird. We thought everything was back to normal after Top Gun came out in the summer of 2022. Um, but guys, I really feel like things went off the rails in 2023. Do you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, Indiana Jones yeah. did bad. The Flash didn't do great. 
Uh, I don't think Aquaman is doing that good. Actually, I'm not sure about that. I, I just there's and even stuff that like like Mission Impossible, a sure usually a sure thing underperformed. It's like people are getting franchise fatigue. What people want is they want something kind of new. They want a fun new event. They want a Barbenheimer situation or a Taylor Swift, you know, thing. People want uh yeah, that's what they want. They want an event. Yeah. I do feel like it was a huge mistake to release Mission Impossible a week before Barbenheimer. Um, especially since that movie also wanted to be in IMAX, just like Oppenheimer did. I don't understand why they didn't move that. Well, also because I feel like because of like the strike and a lot of movies getting pushed back, then after Barbenheimer, like barely anything notable came out for the whole rest <laughs> of the summer. Yeah. Like after that, I don't think I saw a single movie in theaters until like bottoms in like September. <laughs> uh so yeah, I don't. It was just bad scheduling. Also, uh. um, we've seen Marvel really reevaluate things because um, Quantum Mania did badly, um, although like still okay. Uh, but also critically was panned, and it sounds like internally Marvel's like we thought we had a banger here. Um, <laughs> And then Guardians of the Galaxy 3 did good, but that's a movie full of actors who are done being in Marvel and written and directed by the new head of DC. So <laughs> that's kind of hard to get anything out of James Gunn. Uh, and then the Marvels comes out at the end of the year having, after they've had to delay everything to the point where there's only one movie coming out in all of 2024. Uh, and it does um, the worst that any I mean, movie's ever done. Yeah, the, the Marvels was the first time that I was like, oh, there's a Marvel movie coming out this <laughs> week. <laughs> I didn't even know. And it was a team-up movie, too. Yeah. But it was a team-up of a character from one movie that came out in 2018, maybe 19, um, and then two people from TV shows that you have to subscribe to a streaming service to know about. <laughs> that, so I wonder why there's no hype for that. Yeah. That I mean, that was the thing. Not only was I you know particularly interested, I wasn't even prepared to see it. I feel like I hadn't done my homework. <laughs> people don't want to feel like they have to do homework before they they see something. Yeah. As um, we're learning now, sorry. people have homework fatigue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so this kind of segues into the next thing we wanted to talk about was the the prominence of AI in 2023. Um, it, definitely AI was was a thing we were aware of in 2022, but in 2023 it became uh, undeniable. We started hearing all these stories about kids using ChatGPT to do their homework for them. Um, we we did our own fun experiments with ChatGPT, and then that all led to the the WGA strike, and we realized um, once again how problematic this new technology is, which I feel like is becoming a familiar story, right? New technology shows a lot of promise, and then we realize it's a disaster that our society's not ready for. Um, <laughs> just like NFTs before that, and then I, crypto before that, and it kind of just goes all the way back to, the, I guess, the internet. <laughs> We just weren't ready for anything. Um, and I feel like this was um, 
best represented by the the Seinfeld AI Twitch channel. Nothing forever. You guys remember this? Sure, they do. Yeah, yeah. this was this was big. Um, I think the 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 headline was that uh, this AI generated animated Seinfeld show that was going on forever. It was just constantly being broadcast on Twitch. Yep. Um, got a a lot of attention and then got uh, got suspended on Twitch because uh, Jerry started doing transphobic jokes. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, because that's what AI kind of, at least, you know, I, I, I think that's what it kind of does, right? It just kind of recycles what is already out there on the internet or what people are mm-hmm. putting into the internet. And a lot of people put really horrible things into the internet so it's kind of inevitable that that stuff's going to become you know come right out of ai jerry seinfeld's mouth it's not it's not if it's going to happen it's when it's going to happen that's what's so scary about ai it's like bad stuff are going to happen eventually yeah it's a really strong reminder that like even though we call it ai it's not intelligent it's not artificial intelligence it's just a large language model um, that's just trying its best to, to guess um, what what would go there. <laughs> and boy, there was a lot of transphobia in 2023 as well. Um, not really a mildly pleasing thing, so not something we talk about. It's like a show, whole but, genre um, of stand-up now. Yeah. So there's like so, there's like Netflix specials devoted to it. It's fucked up. It sucks. <laughs> it really sucks. It's like Dave Chappelle's whole brand now. It fucking yeah. sucks. What the hell is wrong with Dave Chappelle? I think he just saw himself kind of losing relevance and by like hitching himself to a really controversial topic, he can remain relevant. I I think you're probably right. I think there's also like a like rich people who are out of touch have an easy way to feel like they're the victim again by saying they're being canceled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, you're right. Um and and just in case anyone's unsure, you're not being canceled if you're getting paid twenty million dollars to record your thoughts and have it put out on the biggest platform on the planet. <laughs> That's uh, it's about as far from canceled as you can be. Anyway, what do you guys think about the future of ChatGPT, AI, <laughs> etc.? How are we feeling at the start of 2024? Uh, pretty pretty bad. I'm hoping pretty they bad. slow it down, though. Who knows? Maybe David Zaslav will try to turn AI Seinfeld into a show on Max. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like that the <clears throat> the AI Seinfeld looked so shitty. Like, is there? <laughs> it looked like the money for nothing like, uh, music video. Yeah, it's like graphics from the late '80s, early '90s, uh, and like the voices in it all sound like sounded like Microsoft Sam, and it's just like yep. it's really a, a hard thing to look at and be like, oh, this is the cutting edge of technology <laughs> and storytelling. It's just like. This sucks. It seems like something uh, like a a fifteen year old could have made on a computer thirty years ago. <laughs> That's a great point. That years of like technological advancement and and minds working uh, created like the fucking worst thing you've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. At the end of the day, is it's like none of this stuff is good. Like, I don't know if we'll we'll ever get to a point where AI can make something good, but it's 
It's a little um, hard to conceive because there's no actual creativity involved. Did either of you see the AI South Park episode? Uh, yeah. By that I mean someone used AI to generate an episode of South Park. Yeah, no, South I, I did. I did. I remember that, yeah. Um, so that's a case where it does, like, it looks like a South Park episode. And unlike the Nothing Forever, it actually does have, like, an overarching plot that's, like, set up <laughs> and resolved. Um, but the jokes are so bad to the point where they're, like, barely jokes. And this company that did it, like, put out in the, like, early days of the strike, too. So, like, they mm-hmm. instantly got horrible press for it. <laughs> um, it's kind of reassuring to see how far out this is from being good. <laughs> yeah, but... I'm hoping I'll be dead before this, uh, you know, we're like in Matrix territory. <laughs> I, but I do think that's, like, the direction we're going in. Cause I we do. Also, we, yeah. we have deep fakes mm. and stuff. I do feel like the end goal is like you're putting on a vr setup and you're saying i want to be in you know the friend's copy shop and then it will ai generate a <laughs> seat for you and you'll get to watch the friends hang out and drink coffee with them and instead of movies that's what we'll have that's weird it's but maybe it'll be fun no, okay. It'll, no, it'll be, it'll be fun at first, and then it'll become a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> classic classic arc for new technology. Um, another thing we wanted to nominate was just uh, the first year of our new Republican house. Uh, we started off with a bang in 2023 as it took more votes than ever to uh, appoint a new Speaker of the House. Um, and finally, Kevin McCarthy got the job, and by the end of the year, he was historically fired from the job. So <laughs> that's about how things went. Uh, what are yeah. some other highlights of 2023's uh, Republican leadership? Um, well, George Santos was elected to Congress in 2022, and then it seemed like it immediately, not immediately, but like months later came out that he's like a huge fraud <laughs> uh and then i feel like republicans just kind of like shuffled their feet the entire year about expelling him from congress and finally did in like november december um and then lauren bobert um was like you know <laughs> Groping her her uh, her man friend at a, a performance of Beetlejuice, um, the sexiest show in town. <laughs> I it got it's ruined Beetlejuice for, at least for a little while because I saw I saw like um, an ad that like the Beetlejuice musical was coming to like my area coming soon. <laughs> then I like texted an image to Autumn and then just wrote, "I hope I don't jack off." <laughs> And then, like, and it's like, of course, like, 2024 is the year we're getting a new Beetlejuice movie, too. So this joke's going to be going on for a little while. Especially if she, mm. you know, can stay in power. Because I heard that she's, like, changing districts so that she can... Because uh, you can just do that, I guess, even if you don't live in a place. Yeah, what the hell is that? <sighs> Seems like there should be more rules for our leaders. <laughs> um, oh, well. Um, yeah, it's, uh, not too fun to think about what politics are going to be like this year. 
So maybe it's, let's move on. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be an historic year. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of elections uh, around the world, including a pretty important. I feel like election. depending on how this year pans out, it'll uh, th- that'll uh, show whether or not we even have this category <laughs> next year. Yeah, <laughs> we might have to go away again. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? It's going to go down. Um, our, our last nominee this year is probably the most tantalizing story of the year is that a bunch of people fired Scooter Braun for some reason. Uh, can you guys explain who Scooter Braun was? I still is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's like a very high, high profile. Is he like a manager agent? What does he do? Oh God, that's what we get now. Yeah, I don't actually know what he does for artists, uh, but he's, he's a manager. He's a big, he's a big player in the music biz, uh, particularly for you know a lot of the big, big pop stars. And Taylor Swift famously has a feud with him because he bought all the rights to her, most of her discography, uh, hence the Taylor's versions. Uh, but it seems like a lot, yeah, a lot of the artists he represents cut ties with him this year, but it never came out why. And we're still <laughs> at the beginning of 2024 speculating. Is this going to be like, who's that, who's that, uh, streamer guy, Dr. Disrespect? Dr. Disrespect. Or we, we just never thing, find out. It's the thing I kept <laughs> thinking about is, is, is it going to be a Dr. Disrespect situation where we just never know? Feels like we sh- feel like we should know with Scooter Braun because he's quite a bit more famous and tied to a lot more famous people than yeah. Doctor yeah. Disrespect. He's a powerful figure in the entertainment industry. Yes, someone's got to come. Yeah, everybody quit on him at the same time. I'm seeing the yeah. previous year his his wife divorced him. I don't know if that's related, but I'm looking into anything that I can find. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to get the complete list of people who fired him. Um, I can tell you uh, the wickedly talented Idina Menzel, yeah. uh, Demi Lovato, uh, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Jay Balvin. Um, looks like Carly Rae Jepsen, Baby Jake. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Asher Roth. Um, Asher Roth's still alive I mean <laughs> he should be hanging on to Scooter Braun I feel like he's lucky to have Scooter Braun in his maybe life maybe he thought making that announcement would bring him some sort of relevance <laughs> yeah maybe um, yeah so it's not very good and no one knows what's going on the only clue we have is he tweeted out on August 22nd or sorry X'd out on August 22nd <laughs> Breaking news, I'm no longer managing myself. Oh. Okay. So he, at least he's having fun with it. Uh, I don't like it. That's all too snarky, <laughs> considering the controversy. <laughs> well, let's, well, we'll have to put a yeah, we'll have to put a tab on that one. Yeah, TBC. This could be ongoing. Yeah, might like be another so many stories for next year. So what do you guys think is the event that epitomized the mildly pleasing 2023? Um, I feel like just based off of our interest in the subject matter, I would probably go with cinema. 
I think so, because I'm not... It's not as scary as the AI stuff or the Republican House. Uh, and I, I mean, Ben Affleck becoming the Duncan spokesperson is pretty mildly pleasing, but it's so like inconsequential, I guess. <laughs> almost too inconsequential. Okay, so sort of just by default, it's got to be the cinema one. I, I think, think I think it's so. got the, the most good and bad, and that the industry is a mess, but also this could potentially mean an industry reset, which is which is good. Yeah. Um, okay, and then so the opposite of a reset has got to be um, our first nominee in <laughs> our next category. <laughs> um, so we're moving on to music. Uh, we, we do albums and songs uh, in music, and uh, we'll, we'll start with albums. And the very first one up is Hackney Diamonds, the new Rolling Stones album. <laughs> yep. They came out with one in 2024 after Charlie Watts had died. Uh, I only listened to it once, but most of these I only listened to once, <laughs> if that. Uh, but it was like, I don't know, it could have been worse. I thought it was fine. It's just, you know, the Rolling Stones doing their Rolling Stones thing. Um, it's, it's a little overproduced, I, I guess. I would have liked if it was a little more, you know rough around the edges that's, that's always what i like about that band and also like if it would have been nice to see them kind of act their age too because like i actually like the rolling stones like slower songs quite a bit and these are all just like rockers which they could they could do but you know they've done they've done it before <laughs> and done it better yeah, I didn't really have any problem with the songs per se. Honestly, mm-hmm. that one that gets a lot of airplay, that Sweet Sounds of Heaven, I was like, if this is from the 70s, this would definitely, this is like a Rolling Stones classic. Uh, that yeah. one's pretty good. The one with Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, there's 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 definitely a couple tracks where you, you can tell that they're like kind of tweaking Mick Jagger's voice a little bit to, you know, doing a little auto-tune. Uh, that that first single, "Angry," I think that's the worst song on the album. It sounds <laughs> he sounds so strange. It's very weird. Yeah. I also am like a little tired of like I get it. You guys like the blues. Here's a song that's just slide guitar on acoustic. I don't know. I'm tired of it. I'm just looking through. I, I remember that in my uh, my journal, uh, I I did a track by track review of every every song and i gave a <laughs> score out of 10 to every song and then finalized what my score was i gave that album a 5.3 out of 10 uh which is right in the middle which is right in the middle you yeah. know and there's some songs here i really like yeah like i said sweet sounds of heaven and did i give any other song more than a six now i know i gave there's another song in here that i gave a seven out of ten called mess it up I said, I like the drum beat to this one. R.I.P. Charlie Watts. Got a funky. Because I think that's one of the few he played on. Do you think when the Stones are all dead, they're also going to go all avatars like Kiss? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Because, I mean, Kiss got to, like, kind of plan their avatar uh, reinvention. <laughs> if you, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Uh, 
so I feel like it's a little harder to do after you're dead. Uh, but maybe it's something they could plan for as, like, they're writing out their wills and uh, figuring out their AI situation okay. <laughs> in their in their uh, their final years. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're they're working on it right now. Hard to say. What a dystopian thought. Let's move on. They're going <laughs> to Frankenstein something together. Yeah. So the National had two albums this year. And I think we've only nominated one. Was that on purpose or does that represent It's more because I didn't actually listen to the second one. Oh, I okay. totally forgot is, it existed until right now. Which is uh, a little sad because I, I love the National. Still do, even though it's just, I don't know, just didn't get excited about this album, really. The albums are related because it is the same cover image. Yeah. Um, they also have some pretty cool collaborations on them. You got Justin Vernon and Phoebe Bridgers. Sufjan Stevens shows up. Taylor Swift, of course. Mm-hmm. What's not to like, Colin? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure, honestly. I just gave it like a listen or two and never came back to it, which is uh, strange because I, you know, I usually will give the national albums quite a few listens because they take a while to grow on you but for this one i just didn't i just didn't come back to it did you yeah all year both really yep huh okay well i guess probably won't win this category i never um (laughs) i forgot the second one existed both albums are too long uh, it feels like a real like fight against the current, um, where like so many artists are starting to even like toy with the idea of not putting out albums at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Nationals like we're gonna put out two like full hour long albums. <laughs> um, and I know that's like also because of the pandemic. Um, they they hadn't put out anything since they did that weird like album movie thing with uh alicia vikander in like 2019 remember that yeah i remember that one very well um so i mean and when it's that long it's kind of hard you kind of get lost in it but uh i like too many of these artists to just ignore this okay uh i'm also a very passive music listener which is maybe different from you guys i kind of just put stuff on while i'm doing things don't pay like a ton of attention. Hmm. I got one more question for you, Sean. Uh, have you read the first two pages of Frankenstein, <laughs> the book? Um, I did I look at it. And I, was like, I, I thought you. It. I thought you might have because I remember when we talked about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. You said you took like a peek at the book, so I was wondering if yeah. if you if you'd read the first two pages and how how it stacked up to the album. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I I still don't, I don't get that it. would have been all the 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 Arctic stuff. The guy writing on the ship, I assume. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's all letters. Um, yeah, I don't get it. Someone someone explain that. Um, I don't get why the Al Mark is the same kid on both. I assume it's because laugh track is like, I don't know, just extra tracks that didn't make Frankenstein, something like that. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Definitely don't know what Andre 3000 is doing. <laughs> okay, okay. This 
Here's here's another one that I've actually listened to a bunch. Really? Wow. <laughs> I've, I've put it on, but like, I think it was like two songs maybe. Yeah, I couldn't make it through the whole thing. I think it's I think it's it's fine. It's just it's so it's frustrating that it's Andre 2000, uh, yeah. an artist that so many people love who doesn't – I mean, is this his first so, – yeah, his debut solo album. He's never released any yeah. solo music, and then he finally does, and it's whatever this is. It's like ambient – electronic flute music yeah just like just yeah i think ambient is the best way to put it uh, uh and it's it's like it's... incredibly long too oh yeah yeah well, every song's like eight minutes long it's definitely longer than an hour for sure now sean do you just like this because it came out on your birthday and you figured it was a gift to you <laughs> um i uh have been enjoying artists expanding their horizons uh i think another one of my favorite albums of the year is let's start here by lil yachty Mm. uh have you guys listened to that one no Mm -mm. um okay lil yachty's like a rapper right yeah sure wasn't he in the how high sequel (laughs) how high (laughs) two look it up now how High 2, starring Lil Yachty and DC Youngfly. Um, anyway, this year he put out an album called Let's Start Here that is entirely psychedelic rock, and it rules. <laughs> wow, okay, I'm checking this out. <laughs> um, and and uh, Andre 3000, I just loved him being like upfront, like it, like this song, like the first song is like, look, I tried to do a rap album, and I couldn't <laughs> think of one. So <laughs> this is what this is what I, I wanted to do, and I respect that. And uh, I've been dabbling my toes into ambient music for the last few years, and this is, I think, pretty accessible ambient music. Uh, so it works for me, and it was a little birthday present. John's right, so I, I, I said you got to be grateful for every gift you get. Yeah, I have no issue. If if he's happy about music, I'm happy because he's a creative guy and he should be expressing himself. Sure. Yeah, but if if this is all he does, then that's gonna be a little. It's, a little, it's gonna be a little disappointing. <laughs> a strange move, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the next one I put on, this was actually probably the one I l- listened to the most, even though I never quite loved it. But it's uh, Jenny Lewis's Joy All. I even saw her live this year twice, actually. I saw her solo and with the Postal Service. Um, and I really liked her last two albums. And this one feels just a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little more off the cuff, like it wasn't. Like, maybe not as much effort was put into the songs. I feel like her last album, On the Line, has, like, a lot of kind of ambitious, really, like, I don't know, heartfelt, introspective, a lot of great lyrics on it. And this one just is, like, kind of in the same vein, but just, like, not quite as deep, I guess, for me. It's only, like, 32 minutes long. I don't know. just feels more like a minor album for her. Uh, But it's, it's pleasant enough, I guess, but... I wanted more. I've heard that yeah. psycho song so many times. I think I'm yeah. a psycho now. <laughs> the, whatever radio station we listen to at work, because it mixes, mm. it's a good, good mix of like, I can't, I can't remember what it is. New and old stuff. They play that psycho song all the time. It's good. I've heard, just heard a lot. Yeah. 
Uh, I did not hear Doja Cat's Scarlet. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, maybe you don't need to. Maybe I'll... We'll see which way I sway you. So I was pretty excited for this because I got into Doja Cat. I feel like Doja Cat's one of those artists that broke out at the worst time during the pandemic. But maybe that was perfect. (laughs) And she had all these huge um, pop singles. And then whatever year that was that she had her... I, you see, every every album has like a different concept. I feel like, like the one before Scarlet, what's that album called? Um, Planet Her was like had like a cool sci-fi videos. And it was all like Afrofuturistic stuff. And I guess that the uh, the vibe of this new one is like everything's scary and dark, ah, and I hate everyone. <laughs> and all the singles were like hella cool. There was uh, Paint the Town Red, which samples Walk on By. You guys might have heard that. And in the video, Doja Cat directs her own videos, and they're really cool, too. And she's, like, hanging out with, like, the Grim Reaper. I love the Demons music video where she paints herself up like uh, a scary paralysis demon and is scaring Christina Ricci. And Agora Hills, another trippy video, cool song. But then the bulk of the album is just, I don't know, kind of forgettable. It's, it's, like, it's, it's mostly rap this time, and usually she's more of a mix between like a lot of rap and a lot of singing, and there's not much singing, and you, it's kind of disappointing, because I feel like that's what drew a lot of people to Doja Cat, is that she was pretty good at both, and it's kind of weird that there's not more artists that are good at both that are famous. Mm-hmm. So to see her like mm-hmm. not having that on the album is, 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 is disappointing. You wish there was more of it. And just the whole vibe of it is like, fuck you, I'm rich, I don't give a fuck. Which is like, it's funny for a little while. But then you're like, 10 tracks and you're like, ah, okay, I get it. Uh, this feels a little negative. Um, she's not doing anything to like make people like her, which I guess you can either compliment or not, I don't know. Like the singles, there's some other cool moments, but otherwise... Uh, I'm I'm re- I'm already ready for the next era of Doja Cat. See where she pivots next. Wow, that's I mean, so I you sound so mixed on this. Is this the winner? Um, I mean, I've heard it. That that's that gives it points in terms of winning <laughs> winning the category. You're so conflicted. It's got a seventy on Metacritic. It's, hmm. Guess of uh, these, the other one I would think it could maybe be is Hackney Diamonds by the Rolling Stones, but I do feel like we maybe give this award to old guys too much. But At the same time, though, like how many other albums are going to come out with? <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is the real feather in the cap. This <laughs> winning, winning a mildly pleased award. Well, like, we've talked about this before. Is like sometimes we'll just give it something because like that's their only. It's gonna be their last chance. Sure. Yeah. Like, like they have what the Oscars do sometimes. Also, I'm always forgiving it to what I think is is the funniest thing for to win it. <laughs> and for some reason, I find this funny. Yeah, we actually haven't been giving it to old guys the last few years now that i'm looking yeah. at it because the last year was um midnights by taylor swift then oh, it was wow. solar solar power by lord and then um after hours by the weekend which is a little surprising actually mm, that is a little surprising so yeah i guess we could give we could throw one to the olds <laughs> why not all right 
As if the boomers haven't taken enough, they can now take one more <laughs> mildly pleased award from us. Okay, let's move on to songs then. Uh, our first nomination was the number one song of the year, the most popular song on the internet in all 2023, mm-hmm. Flowers by Miley Cyrus. Yeah. I don't know. It's fine, I guess. Whoa. <laughs> just fine. I don't know. I never got that into it. I guess it's just because, like, she's doing, like, sort of a disco-y thing, but, like, the production's not that interesting, like, when you compare it to, like, the stuff Dua Lipa's doing, where it's, like, even the song from Barbie, like, I was thinking about nominating for this, but I'm like, oh, it sounds too cool. Like, it's got all the strings going on and stuff, and it's just, like, this song doesn't, this doesn't do it for me in that way, I guess. I think this is a great choice, and that's also why I have, like, nothing to say about it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, I mean, it's perfectly, it's perfectly catchy, but sure. um, I'm a little perplexed by why it was so huge. Well, you know, Colin, she's not doing it for you. I know. She's doing it for herself. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but maybe... Uh, the other nominee, I don't know. This is actually kind of a song I like, uh, Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. But I feel like we gotta, we gotta tip our cap to Taylor Swift again, because it just seems like she gets more and more powerful each year. And this year was like no exception because the Eras tour was uh, huge. It was an event in whatever town it came to. Uh, that movie was big. And she even was Time's Person of the Year. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like we have to give her too much airtime here because I feel like we talk about her every year. But, I mean, I guess a surprising byproduct of that was that a song from four years ago (laughs) of hers became a hit. Uh, Yeah, Cruel Summer, which is off of Lover, which is like four albums ago. Um, but it was the song that opened the tour, so I I think that's why people rediscovered it. Wow. Um, and yeah, I like the song, all right? It's kind of I mean, it's kind of got that Jack Antonoff blandness to it, but it's also <laughs> got like one of the better bridges I feel like in a Taylor Swift song, to the point where the bridge like kind of takes over it towards the end of the song, uh, which is uh, cool. You got to give that to. Annie Clark, though, right? Because she's the co-writer. Did she co-write it? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I, I just feel like this feels very St. Vincent. I mean, she has a song called Cruel as well. That's probably my favorite St. Vincent song. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I totally am picking up on that vibe here. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Another old song that's now back <laughs> is Fast Car. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I was surprised that you guys nominated this because when I listened to it, it's literally just this country guy playing fast car. It's not like he didn't do any like new tricks. That's exactly the problem. Yeah, that's what makes it mildly pleasing. <laughs> great, great song. <laughs> he doesn't did nothing doesn't, with it. It's like a yeah. pretty straightforward. It's like exactly the same. It's a it's a tiny bit more country. It's got like a little twangy slide guitar, but yeah, for the most part. I was trying to like song. learn more about this. I was I actually watched an interview with Luke Combs, and mm-hmm. he was just like, 
yeah, my uh, my dad liked this song, and I liked it, and I thought I should uh, cover it, and my manager's like, oh, people heard it a million times, like, oh, I don't know, I'll just do it anyways. <laughs> wow, what a story. Yeah. What a and this story. is like, this, and I don't know a clip, he like tells the same story before he like plays it sometimes. It's like really boring story of like, I think, because I, I think the angle is kind of like, can, yeah, can you believe like a country guy like me likes this song? It's like... Dude, that song was fucking huge when it. I mean, maybe not. I don't know. Like, but like, I feel like everybody probably had that album in the late '80s, early '90s. It's like it's not that crazy that your parent liked it, <laughs> even if it's if, 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 if he was like a country guy or whatever. And there's all sorts of like conversations about whether or not it's right that this white guy has made this song by uh, a, a famous black lesbian songwriter m- like more popular, you know, mm-hmm. in, in in today's time than even it was back then. But I, I don't know. I don't think that was his intention. I just think he just liked the song and wanted to play it. <laughs> yeah. The fact that it got so huge, I, I, who knows? Because it's been covered so many times. It just this is for, for some reason this one just hit at the right time. Yeah. Uh, another great song that got covered go. <laughs> that recycled something. Old. That re- another that, that seems to be the theme of uh, this year: recycling <laughs> old shit. Nicki Minaj and Ice Spice Barbie World, which is just Aqua's uh, Barbie Girl, but you know with some rap verses on it. Were you guys yep. disappointed because? Uh, they had gotten out in front. I forget if it was Margot Robbie uh, or someone else was like, we're not going to have Barbie World in our Barbie movie. Yeah. And then they had this song anyway that's just like, it is Barbie. It's called Barbie World. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if this song was in the movie, though. I, wasn't it the end I think credits? it's the end credits, yeah. It probably was. But it's, I feel like it's extra special for us because when we went to go see it at the Egyptian, they played the music video before the movie to get you hyped. That was, yeah. that was super yeah. fun. That was fun. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, they didn't really do anything with it. I don't know. No, it's just like this is them rapping over the sample, and it's I guess it's used well enough, and their rhymes are good enough, <laughs> but they're clearly, like, <laughs> collecting a paycheck. Uh, and it's just you know when you compare it to like yeah that Dua Lipa song and the Billie Eilish song on the Barbie yeah. soundtrack it's like well this isn't as good <laughs> but that's, it's that's fine. exactly it. it's like this is at best the third best song <laughs> on the soundtrack <laughs> yeah I do think it's fun that we have Ice Spice on here because I remember it was last year's mildly pleased awards that I mentioned Ice Spice just kind of in passing and. Uh, I, I didn't know a lot about her, and you guys didn't know her yet, and now I feel like everybody knows her. Like It's just like yeah. she just exploded over the years, so it just makes sense to have her here. To the point where I'm like a little sick of her, honestly. <laughs> like There's a lot of uh, trap queen rappers that I actually like better that haven't had the same level of success. She's just with, like head over heels above them. Yeah. One of those rappers like- being Coyle Ray's, and we're going to get into that, man. Oh, yeah. Um, so I wanted to have something, since we did the Barbie soundtrack, I wanted to have something from the Spider-Man soundtrack. Um, and this was my favorite song from that. Uh, um, the whole soundtrack's by by Metro Boomin, um, which you can tell because a lot of songs have someone yell, Metro! At the start of it, so you know that he's the producer. Uh, I think the song's pretty, but uh, 
I when songs have a big talking part in it, it kind of ruins the replay value for me. <laughs> so when you listen to Self Love, the ending of the song is just like audio from the new Spider Man movie, and mm-hmm. I don't need to I don't need to hear that every time I listen to this song. And that's so on every me. version of the song. Yeah, as far as I know, it's only on the soundtrack. Yeah. If they could just edit that out, this would be great. It's chill. I like it. It's got a nice vibe. I like, uh, like I was saying, I like Koi LeRae. She had my most played song on my Spotify for 2023 for her song Bops off her album that Pitchfork gave a four. Opposites? Or like ops, like operations? Like bops, like... I got bops. I got hits. Oh, bops. Yeah, like bop it. Yeah. Well, you know what's so funny about that album, and I can see why Pitchfork hated that album, Color Ray's <laughs> debut album, is her whole thing is basically, I'm just going to take a very famous song and now rap over Like, her her big song, which I thought about putting on, nominating here, <laughs> is her song Players, which is literally just The Message, which is like the most famous rap song of all time. <laughs> with her just rapping over that. Or she's got one that's like, that pump it up, you know that that '90s dance song. Oh yeah, yeah. Pump up the jam. Or yeah, or make my yeah. day. However that one goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she did rich rich girl, but now it's bitch girl. Okay, yeah. Which is part of rich girl. Yeah. It's just like that part, like over and over again. Bitch <laughs> girl. It's cool, but it's also like yeah. That's why Bob's was so good because it's like the one song at the album that's like a a, a, a new song. So, uh, but I'm glad that she's out there doing stuff, doing this uh, this Spider-Man song. That's fun. Yeah, good for her. I guess maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, good, good, uh, good. For now, good for her. <laughs> for now. Uh, where do we want to go with this one, guys? This is a tough mm. category, honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have no. I don't really want to go to anybody. <laughs> I kind of want to. Mm. Give it to self love just because it's the only one. The other one's got. Uh, oh, I guess flowers doesn't annoy me. It's so boring, but it's also fine. Yeah. I think I'm leading towards flowers. Um, yeah, I'm going f- flowers and yeah, self love because with... they're new songs. Yeah, I guess that that has that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with flowers. Okay, let's go with flowers. Be super oh boomer by being like oh most popular. Kind of a down year. So the most mid. I don't know if this is a hot take. Maybe a down (laughs) year for for pop music, and that a lot of the uh, Hmm. yeah it was a little harder for me to find songs to nominate. Yeah, or the fact that like Fast Car was such a huge hit. It's like a song from like you know thirty years ago. Yeah. I wonder if we're finally at the end of people being like, here's my COVID reaction album. Like, <laughs> here's the stuff I wrote during lockdown. Mm. Like, I think I, because I, that was definitely the story. Like, looking back at our list, right? Like, the Jenny Lewis album and the National album for sure yeah. were all like, we did this during COVID and now it's out. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised that's also true with a lot of the other music we listen yeah, maybe. to. And I wonder if we're finally done with that. Yeah. I can believe it. Believe it. Until we get locked down 2.0. Oh boy. Um, lifetime achievement always weird. Sometimes we do the conversation on a fair because it's so weird. Uh, not this year. We're gonna talk about it, and <laughs> I think we gotta it. start that conversation with the MCU. Because uh, we already alluded earlier on the podcast that this is the year that the MCU 
um, was kind of broken for everybody. Like I, I can't imagine anyone had a reaction that was different from this was the worst year for the MCU in its entire 15 years of existence. Um, there are a bunch of TV shows. Nobody gave a shit about any of them. Uh, except for Loki season two, which came out last, so e- there are people like me who are like, "I'm so fatigued, I want to watch it, but I also don't want to watch it all, and I still have it." <laughs> um, the movies, I think, were bad, great, and good, but also they didn't perform that well, except for the one again where the guy left. James Gunn is not doing anything in Marvel anytime soon. Um. It's it's just a it's a tough year to be enthusiastic about the MCU. I believe when we talked about the Marvels on the pick, I asked you guys what could they do to fix this, and you were like, "End, <laughs> be yeah, over just, for just, a long just, time." Just like not make so many of these. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's really about where we're at. Um, and 2024 is not that we are only getting one movie because of the strike. Deadpool three is going to be the only MCU movie. <laughs> Uh, but there's still going to be a great deal of shows, uh, including Echo, which comes out <sighs> soon, and nobody cares. No. I feel like this year was the first time where even your average Joe could tell that like the MCU doesn't really know where it's going or what it wants to do or how to go forward at all. Because, like, you keep saying, like, oh, well, the Fantastic Four, they're just around the corner. But it's then, like, you keep hearing people, like, dropping out of it. Or then, like, when is this coming out? Yeah, we still don't officially, like, there was, like, at the end of the year, people are like, I'm pretty sure Pedro Pascal is going to be Mr. Fantastic. But, like, that's still not officially announced. We still don't know. You know, and obviously a big part, Sean, you talked about this on a previous podcast. Their hands were tied for a long time with the Jonathan Major stuff. Like, they didn't really know how to progress because they didn't know how that was going to play out. Yeah, I think that contract theory proved to be true because they fired him the day yeah. he was. No, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's 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 really alarming. Like, are they going to recast Kang? Are they just going to blow that up and and go a different direct? I feel like just blow it up and pivot to something else. People don't really care. Well, but I the thing I come back to is they introduced new characters that people liked. Yeah. And we've not seen them again. Like right? Shang-Chi? Like, like Shang-Chi. That movie did well. And everyone was like, this is cool. And we like this guy. And he's in Barbie this year. Why wasn't he also in a Marvel movie? <laughs> like, can you imagine if Iron Man came out? And they're like, yeah, we're going to do a connective tissue thing. But you're not going to see Iron Man again until 2012. Like, it would have killed the MCU right at the start. The whole point is these are connected. We're supposed to see the same guys. We're supposed to like <laughs> love these characters. And instead, like, no, but what if we're in another universe where nothing matters? Wouldn't that be cool? The f- no. The fact that we've brought back Kelsey Grammer's Beast before Shang-Chi gets another movie yeah. or an appearance <laughs> in another movie. <laughs> he doesn't even like have any cameos in any of these other movies. No, he's we've not seen hide nor hair of him. It's so weird. I, I think this, I'm really, I think that Deadpool movie probably, I don't know, it'll probably be okay. Actually, probably be a little bit of a downgrade from the last two. But, I mean, the fact that so much of it is going to hinge on, like, people's nostalgia for the early 2000s X-Men movie, I don't know, yep. man. <laughs> Let's also not forget that um, a great deal of the filming of Deadpool 3 
occurred in the weird period between the start of the, the WGA strike yeah. and the start of the SAG strike. So they were filming it at a time when WGA members like Ryan Reynolds could not like improvise or like change the script at all on set. Um, so, I mean, I guess there's, just, I mean, sure. You might say, Hey, Ryan Reynolds improvising isn't that important <laughs> to my entertainment, <laughs> but I imagine it was a big part of those movies and them being like forced to be like, we have to stick exactly to the script or we're violating strike. Yeah. rules. Uh, does not for me give me a lot of enthusiasm for how that shoot turned out. Yeah, not really. I mean, the fact that they had to announce that at all, that you can't improvise. I'm like, oh, well, so I guess that was a big part of those other ones, huh? So that's bad. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't bad, I wouldn't be hearing about it. <laughs> uh, and, you know, obviously they could retool it now. There's plenty of time. I mean, I don't know if there's plenty of time, but they can't, like, remake the movie now. <laughs> They've already shot a bunch of stuff. they got to work with what they got. Yeah. Poor special effects artists probably working. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's people just like fucking like bleeding all over their computers trying to fix this thing yeah. <laughs> right now as we speak. When's that come out? This like summertime? It may, maybe. Yeah, hurry. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Oh boy, because it's the, again, it's the only Marvel movie in the whole year. Weird, weird stuff. But um, at least Jimmy Buffett will never have to watch another one. <laughs> Kind of a dark way to put it, but yeah, uh, we'll never know how much Jimmy Buffett loved the current state of the MCU because he did um, pass away this year. Um, Jimmy Buffett left a strong legacy of mild pleasure to this whole world. I feel like he me. he really embodied the mildly pleasing lifestyle. You you <laughs> could call he... this the Jimmy Buffett Award. Yeah, you really could. It's surprising we hadn't nominated him before he passed on. I mean, what well, were we going to do mean, it for? His Margaritaville musical? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't think that was on our radars enough at the time. No. Probably not. Um, but, like, you know, he puts out music that's that's dumb, but like, just catchy enough that you can have a good time with it. Um, he puts out a restaurant that's like fine <laughs> you can have a good time at it um just the whole vibe is is like like honestly i still kind of aspire to his vibe of like just have fun at the beach just have a good time yeah. yeah who doesn't want to hang out at the beach and drink a fruity cocktail yeah i mean it definitely you know for many years i was like his music's so lame <laughs> But, like, it, it, honestly, like, the McElroy brothers were a huge part of me being like, oh, you know, maybe he's kind of cool. Because, you know, he showed up on the podcast and he seemed to have a great sense of humor uh, mm -hmm. about himself and, you know, just about, you know, everything. And then, like, I just always assumed he was, like, a conservative weirdo. No, not at all. He, he was a great supporter of uh, Democratic politicians in Florida where we need them the most to try to. <laughs> yep. So, uh he seemed like a solid dude who just made, kind of just made middling <laughs> music about going on vacation. <laughs> um, I always enjoy his brief cameo in Jurassic World, the highlight of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has to grab his drink as he escapes dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> 
You think they'll play that at the in memoriam at the uh, next Oscars? Jimmy Buffett oh running God. away from dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch the Oscars now just for the fucking in memoriam. <laughs> Margaritaville will be the music that plays. Wasted <laughs> like a sad version. Oh God! And then that becomes the new go-to trailer music in 2025. There you go. Um, another uh film nominee is uh elizabeth banks um i think we're putting her up here because uh her directing career is starting to detract from her acting career would you say that's fair um yeah and also like i don't so um she's also like you know been producing a handful of projects and the fact Mm -hmm. that when i saw that like bottom said like you know from the producers of i can't remember what maybe i can't remember what movie they used of hers but i was like that 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 makes me want to see it less and that's a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) and i like elizabeth banks but yeah she's done pitch perfect to charlie's angels and cocaine bear Mm -hmm. not a great not a great start this year somehow um and i did watch cocaine bear and it did have a couple funny parts I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, it did. It did. There was a very violent death where someone, like, falls out of an ambulance and their face scrapes across the ground. That was pretty good. But also the movie, the movie is somehow looks like it's too expensive and also the cheapest movie ever made at the same time. <laughs> All this, the effects are terrible. The bear looks so bad. Great cast. Get some good performances out of people. So she's still mm. got, like, a, a talent for actors because she is one. She's picking bad projects, you know, and I'm I'm just afraid that she's going to continue to pick bad projects. Cocaine Bear Two, maybe I don't know. I I think I, I feel like it did it die. It, I mean, it died, died in real life. I don't even remember. <laughs> Very quickly, I don't even remember. Yeah, I am at. I mean, I know that like this is the pivot you have to do as an actress in Hollywood. Like I'm, I'm imagining she, despite still being incredibly beautiful, I imagine she still is having a hard time getting roles. Being a woman in her 40s in Hollywood, which they like to pretend are a species that does not exist. Um, but let me let me ask you something for both of you guys. I'm gonna compare another uh, director who showed potential early on, and now we're not sure. If you okay. went to a festival and someone's like, hey. I'm not going to tell you anything about the movie, but would you rather go see the new Elizabeth Banks movie or the new Olivia Wilde movie? <laughs> what would you rather go see? Ooh. Great question. I guess, I, I mean, I would say Olivia Wilde because I don't know what to expect. And at least she started off strong. Movies. And even Don't Worry Darling is an interesting train wreck. <laughs> I feel like with Elizabeth Banks, you're going to get something like a little more, I don't know, ma- mainstream. Yeah, it'll be like the Saved by the Bell movie. And you're like, what? Is this like modern day? Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 she, uh, it's a little disappointing. It's, it's but, weird. It's weird. Yeah. But to, to put a flip on that if you were if you're in the same situation and someone asked you would you rather go see the move the new movie starring olivia wilde or starring elizabeth banks which would you oh think? elizabeth banks yeah, yeah. me Indeed. too 
Libby Wild made a bunch of shit. I mean, that's, yeah, I feel like that's why she started directing, because no one really <laughs> used her well in a movie. Is she going to be in that new Tron? Hey. Aren't they making a new Tron? I was going to say, she's perfectly good in the the part of a like program or whatever she was in Tron. Yeah, I don't uh, think she's a bad actress. I'm just saying, she never got like her her star making part really. No, like it just never came along. I'm like, you guys see who's the star of the new Tron? Are they still making it? I thought it like fell apart. Oh, it's still got a Wikipedia. Let me see. Um, wasn't that wasn't there a thing where it's like gonna be Jared Leto and then they're like, ooh, Morbius. Never mind. I, I think it's. I mean, it's it's not a release date or anything, but it it looks like it's still on. (laughs) For now. For now. Uh, Looks like it it, it got postponed because of the the, the strike. Gotcha. So so you don't need to look into that con for your least anticipated list. That one's probably a a ways off. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I hope is a ways off is the Mech 3. Come on, give us a break. (laughs) (laughs) So Jason Statham's up for this amount, the Lifetime Achievement Award. Has he been nominated uh, before? Been nominated f- I don't think before. so, but it really feels like he should have been. It feels like he should have, but maybe it's just because his peers have been nominated a lot. <laughs> or at least like Vin Diesel has been. I don't know if The Rock has been. Um... This was a hell of a year for him. And I think it's the right year for Jason Statham because he did briefly appear in Fast X uh, in a dumb scene. And then he made Meg to the Trench, a movie we could not force ourselves to pay attention to, despite even watching it in two different sittings. Um, And then, of course, he returned as Lee Christmas for Expend Four Bulls. Somehow the fourth Expendables movie. I- I'm looking at the poster. I forgot that he like he's top build now. Yeah, that's crazy. These were these are Stallone movies. He's like, no, I'll put me in my name on the top. <laughs> Stallone I mean, still is them. Yeah, he's, he's still like in them. Twenty years younger build. than Sly okay. Stallone. <laughs> so I'm sure that makes him look like really young by comparison. <laughs> Okay, so I was I was looking up if he had been nominated for a lifetime achievement award, and he's he's actually. He hasn't been, but he was nominated for Most Mildly Pleasing Actor in 2018 for The Meg and <laughs> won. <laughs> so he's already won a Mildly Pleased Award. Wow. Jason Statham. Is this the year we lock him up, though? <laughs> give, give so him he can never get nominated again? Is that how it works? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I if think you've won a Lifetime Achievement, you're done. You're done. Lock him up, you know. Uh, what's he got? I'm out. What's he got coming up? Maybe he's got something. Oh, I just saw. I, I saw the poster for it today. I, I can't remember what it is, but I feel like we mentioned the title of this once. That he's doing a movie called The Beekeeper. <laughs> <laughs> and the poster, he's like made of bees. But then, like you read about it, it's like some boring shit. It's not actually. Yeah, let's see. Just... Jason Statham is Mr. Clay. Mr. Clay is a former operative of a clandestine organization called Beekeepers. I already hate this. After his friend and neighbor dies by suicide after falling for a fishing scam, Mr. Clay sets out to exact revenge against the company. Responsible. It's a David Ayer movie. He's He's been on a bad streak. Mm. <laughs> 
His last mass yeah. movie being The Tax Collector, where Shia LaBeouf like took out his teeth and was, I feel like, canceled at this point. Yeah. Of course, before that, David Ayer made Bright and Suicide Squad and Fury. Uh, Beekeep, yeah, I don't know, man. He's starting to like trend into like. I mean, I guess he's always funny because he just plays the same character and everything. <laughs> yeah. But he's getting he's getting like Steven Seagal territory with some of these the, the quality of some of these projects, and the fact that like I didn't realize until we sat down to watch the Meg Two that like this is so just for China. This is so corporate fuck. This is so like uh, yeah, yeah to make a money overseas. It makes some money overseas. It's not it's nothing for anyone like us to enjoy. There's there's like four funny things that happen if that. You know um, really what he was down. great in? What? Uh, Spy. I agree. People, yeah. People forget about that movie. I agree. I forgot about it. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's funny because he's playing the same guy he always plays, but in, in, the, in the, like, the wrong kind of movie, so it really works. Yeah. Like he's playing this like Good. serious action guy, but it's in a comedy. Mm-hmm. You do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um... The last nominee is one I'm, I really stand by. To be honest, I think it's a good. I think it's a good choice. Sure, Drew Barrymore. I'm putting up here because, like, in 2022, everybody loved Drew again, right? We were talking about um, the new Scream movie. We were talking about um, E.T. having its 40th? 40th anniversary. Yeah, you're right. 40th anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And and the Drew Barrymore show was like the daytime talk show in the world. <laughs> and uh, we get to 2023, and it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> she likes to cross picket lines and stand by it. Uh, that was the thing that really alarmed me was when um, she was like, I don't have to not cross picket lines. I think it's a good thing to cross the picket lines. Mm -hmm. And then like a week later, it's like, I'm so sorry. I believe. Um, it's just, uh, it's one of those things that, that points out how, you know, secretly insincere all of celebrity culture is (laughs) like, we don't know any of these people. We don't know what they're about. It's all an act. And, uh, and I, you know, on on one hand, I know that growing up in the industry was brutal on Drew Barrymore, and I'm glad that she seems to have come out on the other side of it as like a good person, and also just a, as someone who survived it. Um, but on the other hand, everything's fake, right? Everything's fake. She had a great mm-hmm. career, but she's trying to scab. And the commercials for that mobile game that I keep seeing her in, I'm so tired of those on Pluto TV. Get them out of here. I don't know what that is, but it sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Is she, like, ever going to do movies again? I guess she, she got the show. Why, why would she? It's not like Ellen went back to doing yeah. much, you know, aside from the occasional Finding Dory-related thing, so... I really can't think of anything she did in the 2010s except for Santa Clarita Diet. Like, oh yeah, I 
liked that. In that whole decade, did she do anything <laughs> besides that show? I mean, nothing that comes to top of mind. I'm sure there's there's stuff. <sighs> maybe some maybe some commercials for some other mobile games. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good choice, but I feel like we also made quite the uh, case for Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, should we rename this the? Jimmy <laughs> we should Buffett call it the Jimmy Buffett Award, Award in honor. <laughs> okay, uh, so we are formally renaming <laughs> the this. Jimmy Buffett Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> <laughs> Only took us twelve years to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> Just seeing it in the spreadsheet fills my heart with joy. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> All right, guys. It's we're in the home stretch. It's movie time, and we've got to start with actors. <laughs> My first one. <laughs> he said, "A pope's an exorcist." <laughs> oh man, Russell Crowe, guys. Um, he's in a funny accent era, and I'm here for it. Um, he he tore up Thor: Love and Thunder in 2022 as Zeus doing a funny Greek accent. Um, and then in 2023, he took things even further by playing the Pope's exorcist who, uh, as I'm sure John would remind you was a real guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing that stood out to me besides the fact that this entire performance is great. It's him in a, you know, like priest costume, riding a tiny Vespa, doing a hilarious uh, Italian accent. The thing that impressed me the most was that um, he was signed on to this movie in June of 2022 and filmed it in like September. So he had like no time <laughs> to prepare to make this movie. And it came out in April. I don't know how this movie was put together as quickly as it was and um and the reason it works at all is because of uh russell crowe's performance uh he's in virtually every shot in the movie uh playing a funny hotshot priest who doesn't take shit from the bureaucrats but also is like friends of the pope who by the way is not identified they're like oh it's just the pope uh, mm. Even though you could look up what Pope it was, because it's set in 1987, it says 1987. So it'd be, it'd be JP2, right? I think so. It's, but it's, it's um, like Franco Nero, right? Django. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Franco Nero. <laughs> so it's like, don't worry That's about so it. Funny. It's I don't know the movie. I had a great time watching it. It's not it's not a great movie, but I had a good time watching it. And it's all it's all Russell Crowe, baby. I just love that Russell Crowe is in his like I don't give a shit. I'm just officially out of shape forever now because I'm old and I'm just gonna do dumb accents all the time. I am dying to watch that was unhinged from a few years ago. But I'm like, should I make nice. it a pick? That one where he's like the pissed off driver and he wore like a fat suit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just goes from movie to movie. Like it's like, yeah, whatever. I won my Oscar like twenty years ago. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> it's like he's like the modern day Oliver Reed or something. Pass the torch. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Comes full circle. Yeah, so it's great. Um, I like that he's pissed that he's not in Gladiator Two, even though that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> Is that coming out this year? I don't know. 
Is it, they're not really going to call it that. It's just crazy that that's still the working title. Yeah, Gladiator 2, 2024, November. It's like a Thanksgiving release. Paul Mescal. Oh, hell yeah. What the, why is it? They're not seriously going to, they're going to change the title, right? They're not going to call it Gladiator 2. Well, um, maybe they'll do it like Roman numerals. Okay, now I actually really <laughs> like that. Let's see, we've see we've already come back to uh, the Roman Empire, but oh no, <laughs> I think we don't talk about it that much. But it's you know, it's a big, it was a big thing. It was a big thing. It was around for a long time. But yeah. how often do we talk about chocolate? <laughs> Great question. Uh, every day, I think. Yeah, probably every day for me. Quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, for uh, Mr. William Wonka in the movie Wonka, <laughs> I mean, he th- he thinks about it like every second. Like this guy, fucking loves chocolate. Can I say one thing? This movie never got over is how weird it is when people just call this character Willie. Like it just sounds wrong. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah, and rightfully so. It's weird. <laughs> I guess it's it is. Willy Wonka. It has to be the full the name. Or Mr. Wonka. Only acceptable. Yeah. Or Mr. Wonka. I think it's just because, you know, Timothy Chalamet, the nominee, is playing, mm-hmm. I guess, the Willy Wonka before he became a brand. So that's why it makes sense for people to call him by his first name. But, yeah. Some. Because it's, it's, it's an origin story for some reason. Something I want to ask you guys as someone who hasn't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing that it's a musical, can Timothy Chalamet sing? I actually don't know this. He's um, trying. He's trying. Yeah, he can sing fine. Okay. I mean, that's the thing is he's not really like a musical guy. Uh, is he as good as singing. Russell Crowe? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> yeah so. he's, he's he, he could Russell he Crow. could front um thirty odd foot of grunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> if he really wanted to, uh. But that's the thing is, it's like he's he's yeah, as Sean said, he's trying in this movie, but he's not like quite right for the part because he's do- he doesn't really have a musical background except for like those YouTube videos or whatever he does. <laughs> uh, and he's not, I don't know, he's just a little too weird to play. Like, although I, I guess Willy Wonka is kind of weird, so maybe it's fine. I don't know. I think it is just like. The movie make like tries to make him charming without like the weirdness really, and it doesn't feel quite like on it's, the right wavelength as Timothy Chalamet should don't, be on. I don't see this Wonka growing up into Gene Wilder. No, I also don't see him growing up into Johnny Depp. So and, and <laughs> yeah. obviously, yeah, it is. There's a, like a big disconnect in the backstory between. It the is two. a much. Uh, cuddlier version of Willy Wonka which I don't I guess is fine for this movie because it is it is a fun light movie very colorful um perfectly charming but a, a little forgettable I guess I think we were all a little uncomfortable with a lot of it being him sort of like mentoring a young orphan girl yeah because we weren't like quite sure how young he was supposed to be because he looks like, like a little boy even though he's yeah. in his late 20s but it feels like, like they could be like... contemporary 
Yeah. Yeah, it was like the vibe was all over. Like it was like, are these two little kids? Is this an adult and a child? Is she supposed to be older? Is there like a romantic tension here? Thankfully, there's not. No, it's just it, the, an just adult, the, and a child, I guess. Yeah, but it's just like a very young adult to be taking care of such an old child. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do give Timothy Chalamet huge props for how he's mapped out his career thus far. That he hasn't mm. really done like a lot of superhero, st- if anything, superhero stuff. He's Dune is his franchise film, which is such a cool, an eclectic pick. And now he's doing like a, a mm. musical, like for like a family musical. Like that's a that's a fun career trajectory, you know, because you're not really sure where he's going to go next. Mm. Um, but I feel like they're they're complimentary of his of his skills and what he what he's good at. Mm. But. Has he squandered his whole image by publicly dating Kylie Jenner? And by smoking while doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I'll, I'll, hopefully you just move on. People forget about it. <laughs> I, You know, I, I do got to say, though, in, in the casting of Wonka, I think they missed a huge opportunity by not casting Jeremy Allen White. Because he kind of looks like Gene yeah. Wilder. And can you imagine him just yelling at the Oompa Loompas like, Where's that chocolate? <laughs> Is that chocolate ready yet? <laughs> yes, Chef. John, I think you're going to be really disappointed by the depiction of Oompa Loompas in Wonka. <laughs> Did I help it to make but the chocolate? I, but I will say your vision could work for Wonka too if they get around okay. to that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely. I, they're talking about um, Wonka on blank check because they did a, a Wonka slash Aquaman episode and they called the episode Wonka Man. And uh, yeah, yeah, Griffin Newman like took like a nephew to like uh the movie and they kept saying where's the chocolate factory (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny i think i think he said he took that same nephew to the spider-man no way home i think so yeah and he was like where's spider-man like he just didn't care at all about these other (laughs) spider-men right um yeah Speaking, speaking so, of Batman, uh, Michael Keaton. I loved the idea of a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton. And I, up until The Flash came out, I was hoping against hope that that's what we would get. Was some sort of Batman Beyond, Michael Keaton is old Bruce Wayne. I don't know, I guess, I just didn't think about who Terry McGinnis would have been in that situation. Um... But then the Flash came out, and we extremely did not get that. Um, instead, what we got was, what if Batman was a goofy old crazy man? And then also just later Batman again. And then he dies. And then he dies. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, I guess that's then to that guy. <laughs> uh, and then multiverse shenanigans make everything for the rest of the movie fucking terrible yeah god i hate the multiverse um so i think you do give props to michael keaton for having a good time like good for him yeah mm-hmm. you know i can't he deserved it it was it's just cool to see him in the costume that's it yeah <laughs> i'm glad he's having fun i'm glad he's having fun too he deserves it User's fun. Um, um, I'll always love that clip of him being interviewed by one of the Jimmys. I don't remember anymore if it's Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. 
and they ask him who's your favorite superhero and he's there promoting spider-man and he goes come on man and uh one of the jimmy's like oh yeah so the vulture yeah that's your favorite superhero and he's like no what the fuck's the matter with you (laughs) batman (laughs) i love that jimmy's getting yelled at good for you michael keaton John, I haven't seen theater camp. I saw yet, a theater camp. I saw a theater camp on the uh, plane back from Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fine. It definitely felt like uh, a movie that you'd appreciate more if you went to theater camp. So my my bad. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Ben Platt, I really want to like him. Uh, the problem with it, he looks too old to be in all the movies that he's in. Uh, yes. I, 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 it's like his main thing. It's like his main because I first saw him in Pitch Perfect, I was like, "What's this old dude going to school for?" <laughs> I was shocked today to find out that he's like four years younger than I am. I could have swore he's older than I was. Yeah. So I, I just he's, I just feel like he's in the wrong movies. And then Dear Evan Hansen is a fucking nightmare. Obviously, he's like like a high school student. All he could talk about is why is this guy who looks like he's 40 going to high school. And then Theater Camp, which seems a little more personal. It's him and Molly Gordon. You might remember her. She's on The Bear. She plays Claire. Because um, her, she like co-directed this movie, and then her and Ben Platt are writers on it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was some sort of stage thing before it was a movie. It's just about like there's this theater camp, and the person who runs it can't run it, and um, their uh, teachers there, but they like their careers as theater people never took off, so they're not like <laughs> he's not like going to the theater camp. Like he's not like he's like a twelve year old or something. <laughs> yeah. He is one of the counselors. Beard for this one. He is one of the counselors. Uh, but still, seeing him around all those young people makes him feel a billion years old. I don't know. He's fine. <laughs> I just feel like he just hasn't been in something that um, has really been that compelling. I feel like he probably does have some talent. Uh, he is a big Nepo baby, though. Uh, but so, so so many people, it seems like. You know, maybe there's some potential in that he's he's in that Merrily We Roll Along. You guys remember that that's happening? Oh, yeah. That Richard Linklater's yeah. movie that's going to take... 20 years to make mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and then like it originally had um what's his name blake jenner was in it and then i think he got like soft canceled and he dropped out and i was like how many years did they lose because of him dropping out <laughs> i mean he got replaced by gladiator 2 himself paul mescal so that's pretty cool because everyone <laughs> likes him uh so hopefully in 20 years maybe i'll have a better opinion of ben platt <laughs> when that movie comes out until then, yeah, I don't know. He's just he hasn't done it for me yet. Considering I feel like I hear about him a lot. Um, theater camp was part of A.O. Edebris' reign of terror in twenty twenty. Okay, right? let me tell you, because I I think I saw like every A.O. movie from twenty twenty three. She was like pretty high up on my letterbox list of actors. She's yeah. she's barely in it. It fucking sucks. Okay, okay. It, <laughs> even though she's very funny, her whole thing is like. She doesn't know anything about theater or music or drama or anything. She just, like, got the job anyway, so her classes make no sense. It's great. I love her. Uh, but, yeah, it just it doesn't – yeah, they don't have anything for her to do. Can we just recap? She was in The Bear in Abbott Elementary. I remember that. And uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And Spider-Man. Bottoms. And Bottoms. Bottoms. I just pull it feels up? like we're forgetting something, but that still is quite a lot. Hold on. I'm pulling, up, I'm pulling up my letterbox. See, I, I just want to see how many I lost. I guess it doesn't necessarily mean that everything I watched was from stuff that she made this year. 
Um, I watched Michael Douglas is my number one. Eleven films, seven films from, a- from AO. Are we forgetting any? Oh, I watched a couple of shorts. No. Oh, she was in a, a Black Mirror episode as well. Joan is wow. awful. She's in that episode. Oh, the big one that everyone's yeah, talking about. Yeah, that was the that was one that opened the season. She was a supporting part in that. Um, so you know, I, again, she didn't have much to do. Someone had a lot to do. Maybe too much to do, considering his level <laughs> too much. of skill. <laughs> Tom wow. Blythe in the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, um, the the Book of Hunger Games. I don't remember the actual <laughs> title. I didn't write it all down here. Uh, yeah, we thought it was done, right? Hunger Games? Nuh-uh. Suzanne Collins wrote another uh-uh. book, and now it's what everybody wanted. The prequel story of the evil president from the movies. <laughs> Donald Sutherland. And, yeah, obviously it would have been sweet if they de-aged him or something. They didn't do that, though. They just got a guy they think looks enough like him. So they got a tall, skinny guy who I haven't checked, but I assume has to be British with a name like Tom Blythe. Ooh. Could be Australian. No, you're right. He's English. He's so British. He's actually not as tall as him. He looks so tall. Uh, he's okay. He's kind of just like this moody-looking blonde guy. He uh, really feels like uh, he could be a great vampire, so I don't know if they want to make him pass as a vampire. <laughs> Maybe they little vampire, big vampire. Let's get that movie going. Uh, sequel to Little Vampire, you know what I'm saying? Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know it's a good vampire? Maybe we should do a Count Chocula movie. Yeah. Get Boo Berry in there. Get that, that Boo Berry guy from that VH1 show. Cool cameo. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Tom Blythe. Uh, this movie, you guys, you think you ever see this movie ever? Uh, probably not. I think its biggest shot was, well, was still in do theaters you think, for me. Uh, do you think if you're on a plane and this was an option, you'd watch it? Um, I'd, They'd have to be otherwise pretty uh, slim pickings. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think it's possible. Okay, so there's a chance. The first uh, maybe hour of this is kind of good, actually. It's good up it, like the Hunger Games part of the movie is pretty good. Uh, and but then there's like another hour after that, and that stuff sucks. <laughs> what I've heard some people say is that um, the problem isn't Tom Blythe. The problem is that it stars Tom Blythe, and that it also has. Um, Peter Dinklage and Jason Schwartzman and Viola Davis, who are all just like so much more magnetic performers than this guy. Uh, Viola Davis gets a good amount of screen time, I will say, though, out of all those other people who are definitely underutilized. And she is fucking insane, and it's pretty good. <laughs> she's like crazy. She's like a mad scientist, basically. Because she's the, I think she's the game maker, but she just like, uh. and she's like, a, there's another part where she's like, yeah, just like, let's send a bunch of snakes out there. <laughs> Go <laughs> good from the ballad yeah what's so funny about this movie is you think that title oh it probably doesn't really mean anything it's like no there's like a lot of singing and a lot of snakes in this movie <laughs> um yeah tom Blythe is okay i really do feel like this could have been a star making role if it had been someone just a little more charismatic it doesn't help that the character isn't that exciting and we know he's just gonna end up being some asshole so <laughs> Um, I also don't like that his name, of course, is uh, Coriolanus Snow, but they try to give him a nickname by calling him Corio, which is also very hard to remember and say. <laughs> Corio. Like his sister's always like, come on, Corio. 
And I'm like, Crazy what? names in the Hunger Games suck so bad. <laughs> you saying you don't like Casca Highbottom? <laughs> or Sejanus Plinth? <laughs> pretty crazy Man, I, I forgot some of these are so are so crazy uh jason schwartzman in here as uh lucretius lucky flickerman so he's uh stanley tucci's like ancestor i would argue jason schwartzman had the best probably year the best one in 2023 he's good in this too he's very funny so yeah he had a great year uh but yeah tom Blythe, totally unremarkable sort of interesting movie <laughs> perfect for this <laughs> this or this ceremony, but who will bring home the prize? I don't know. I didn't see a lot of these, but uh, well, as that's the Wonka being the one. Well, I haven't seen. Uh, I, I, it's funny. I haven't seen Pub Sexist, but I feel like I know exactly how it plays out. Yeah. <laughs> like Sean has described it to us a lot. So I need uh, then I need idea. you guys to convince me that Wonka is either perfect or not good for this guy. I need I need to like because I don't no, know. Enough I about mean, it. I'm I'm like this was the year everyone was like Wonka was such a meme all year. Let's just give it to him. Sure. Fine. Yeah, see, you, you know, feel fine. Me. Yeah, you feel no. fine about it. Yeah. Um. So let's move on to um actress, and uh, I had to go with Amon Falani from the Marvels. I, we've talked about the Marvels a lot. Um. I I think universally <laughs> people say that she's the best part of of that movie. I. Like, even people who I wouldn't expect to like the idea of a character who's, like, a teenager who's excited to be around superheroes. Like, my dad um, ended up saying she's she was his favorite character in the movie. Um, She's just really great, and she's in the unfortunate position of being in a TV show that a lot of people tried to cancel because, A, you know, she's a female superhero, B... She's a Muslim superhero, and C, it's on Disney Plus, so people are just pissed about that. Um, and now she's saddled with trying to make the Young Avengers a thing, which I don't think anyone will be excited about, given how the Marvels what? turned out. Who are in the Young um, Avengers? You're gonna be looking for characters like Kate Bishop and uh, Iron, not Ironside. That's the Heart, detective. yeah, from Wakanda Forever, yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy Ironsides. That I did. How long? How many episodes do you think Ironsides lasted? Oh well, yeah, well, there's like a newer Ironside, right? Yeah. Who was Iron? Uh, was it anyone? That was in, that was in 2013. Ten years ago. Blair Underwood. It went the entire month of October. Blair Underwood actually, he's actually in a wheelchair too, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I was just, I was just envisioning the original Ironside. Raymond Bird, just along with all these teens in this wheelchair. <laughs> Ironheart, Wait. yeah, Ironheart, that's it. I don't think Blair Underwood's really in a wheelchair, though, right? I think he was. I think he got body. paralyzed. Blair Underwood's paralyzed? From the, I had no idea. I'm pretty sure, but this is the guy, the Galaxy Quest guy, right? No. Okay, then I don't know who we're talking that's about. That's Daryl Chill Mitchell. Okay, Blair Underwood, then no. I was thinking of Daryl Chill Mitchell, who is still in stuff, despite being in a wheelchair. Yeah, I love that guy. Well, now they fucked up. Well, that's why this only lasted apparently nine episodes, five yeah. unaired. They should have cast Daryl Mitchell. I wonder what the age... They're like almost exactly the same age. Anyway, 
all that said, Amon Vellani is great. She's the future of Marvel. She should be the new Iron Man, um, but they're fucking it up. So, oh well. Uh, Rachel Senna is also nominated. This is some for bullshit. Get this out bottoms. of here, Sean. She's way too Okay, big. here's the thing. <laughs> some people really hate bottoms. I'm finding out. I don't, know, I don't know. I don't suck a dick. I don't like this. I don't like this narrative. <laughs> okay. People? Keep going. Uh, uh, the only other thing I got is, of course, uh, this is like her, her continuing to not play within her lane. That bothers some people. Uh, In movies that Shiver her Baby. friend has given her the green light to do, though. So that's all yeah. Okay, I'm running out of ammo then. <laughs> I love her. Uh, huge fan. Big crush on her. I think she's going to big places. She's the only good part of that horrible, horrible The Idol show. Yeah. Didn't think I'd get a chance that. to bring it up, but here we are. Here we are. It's one of the go. worst okay. things I've ever seen. Five episodes? They couldn't even get to six. Five episodes. <laughs> They're like, I guess that's it. What a pile of shit. One of the worst things that I've seen all of. <laughs> well, there's not that much of it. No, it's only five episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's as many episodes as The weekend could write on his phone before he lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> giving one of the worst performances I've ever seen in anything. Well, you know, he had Carte Blanche to do whatever he wanted <laughs> on that show. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell? We were there filming it. I was like, do you realize what he just said? It's like, I, I just want to go home. Let's finish this. <laughs> I just, just want to go drink. Or maybe he's like, uh, you say carte blanche. I say carte blanche. You know, it's like the sabotage <laughs> thing. Yeah. Lily Rose Step dated uh, Timothy Chalamet, didn't she? Oh, yeah. Really? She was, she was fine. She's fine on that show. Uh... <laughs> but I think that show would be better. She's not nominated for. Would be better yeah. if it starred Megan. I mean, what it actually it actually would be more interesting if Megan was in the Idol, like if she was the pop star. Yeah, she can dance. Um, she can dance. Megan came up on uh, the Big Fat Quiz of 2023, which is a British annual show mm-hmm. where people just talk about the year. Um. And everyone said it's Megan with a backwards E. And that was pissed me off. Because that's not a backwards E. That's a three. That's, that's a... Yeah. It's what are they talking about? It's definitely it's a, three. a three. It's a three. It's yeah. a fucking three. Look it up. It's a three. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you guys have my back. I, I like one. this pick because I feel like it is kind of more of a, a pick for the movie. But like it, 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 it's appropriate. Because the thing about Megan is like... The, the fact that this was like uh, got people excited for this stupid like robotic doll movie was fun, and the trailers <laughs> were super fun. And then you watch it, and mm-hmm. like the parts from the trailers are fun, and then the rest kind of sucks. It's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, the by far the best thing about Megan is Megan. Uh, she's creepy. She's weird. <laughs> she likes to dance, uh, but it is just like an incredibly routine, like slasher movie that could have been interesting yeah like it there's was definitely potential for it to get into ideas about like 
you know, tech creators building things that they probably shouldn't. Uh, but it, it's it's just not smart enough to really go there. No, you know, it's a good idea. It's a great actually. It's a great idea for a movie. I think yeah. one problem is is the fact that they wanted to like uh, make this PG thirteen. And, and so make it, you know, so more like kids could go see it. So I feel like if this had been more yeah. violent, that definitely would have given it a little more edge. Maybe. Though, it, I will say, it was actually kind of, I saw this in theaters, and it actually mm-hmm. was fun that there were kids there having a good time, enjoying, like, oh, <laughs> there's a lot of good gateway horror movies this year. And I mean good as in, like, mm. not good movies, but just, like, a, like a fun way for kids to get into horror movies because also that Five Nights at Freddy's movie which is fucking terrible but like I'm glad that kids got to go see that and see the characters they like and maybe they'll check out some other horror movies because of it and I feel like Megan's in that same space uh, so it's like it's a good thing for the industry it just could have been a little better movie yeah. or may, you know maybe the May- Megan uh, what do you what do you call that sequel M-E-G-4-N <laughs> That's really confusing. I like it a lot, actually. This is Megan four. Is this Megan, Megan three? F- Megan thirty four. The working um, title. It, it looks like it's Megan two point which is good enough. Oh, they, they they're making a new Megan, like building a new Megan. Uh, well, Sean, are you ever gonna watch Megan? No. Yeah, she like fuck like the dog. It's like fucking destroyed, but like the the artificial intelligence is still uh, around. Hey, that didn't stop Chucky. I mean, well, Chucky was different, and that Chucky was like <laughs> the spirit of a man in a magical stone. <laughs> 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 this is like actually a better idea than Chucky. You know, what's you know, come to think of it, that new Child's Play is a similar idea. They're like fucked mm-hmm. up though. This this is probably but no, this is definitely better than that new Child's Play. I'll give it that. Is it better than the original Child's Play? Um, not for me, but I can imagine some people liking this more because the original Child's Play is a little slow. Is that one you watched in a watch party, Sean? Yeah. And it didn't play well. If I if so, was that what I heard? Oh, really? I had a good time. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know what I'm thinking. Okay, good. I'm. I like the original Child's Play. Uh, I'd, that'd be a good double feature. I'd love to see those back to back. See how they they stack up. Oh, yeah, that's what they did. But I wasn't around the next weekend for me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Megan's going to win this award as much as I'd like to. Again, I like what's funny. <laughs> it's, it's it's hard because it's being nominated for the performance, not for the movie itself. I mean, because I guess like the vocal performance and the 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 actor who does all the, the movements. I mean, like it's as good as it can be. Um, do we know if this is a motion capture performance or if this is an actual she was on set? Um <sighs> I think it's like it's kind of an amalgam. Yeah. Of like sometimes she would be Megan. Um, sometimes it'd be just CG. Sometimes I think it may be animatronics too. I don't know. Seems like Megan was uh, a whole whole complicated creation. Movies are magic. Yep. <laughs> Nothing is, proves that more than. <laughs> Megan and also Phoebe Waller-Bridge showing up as Indiana Jones's goddaughter, I think. Yeah. In the it's Dial of Destiny. Um, yeah. So Phoebe Waller-Bridge obviously has this very strong connection to um, 
uh, Harrison Ford properties, having appeared as a, as a sexy robot in Solo, uh, and now appearing as I guess the next potential successor to the Indiana Jones legacy uh, after Shia LaBeouf was killed off screen between way too late Lego sequels. I think. It's interesting what they did here, where she's kind of like if Indiana Jones had all the same skills, but also had bad impulses, I guess, <laughs> is the idea. Yeah. Um, where she's like, I'm just trying to sell things so I can make money. <laughs> uh, but she still has, like ends up being very similar to Indy, including having a young sidekick, mm-hmm. like short round. Um and she's got um, she's got daddy trauma, also just like Indiana Jones. She's really just Indiana Jones again, but again with bad impulses, um, which is just a lot more interesting than Mutt, who's just like he just sucked. Yeah, that was, just, that was his heart. <laughs> he went from <laughs> sucking to sucking more. Yeah, <laughs> and then trying to steal his hat at the end. Did he learn anything? <laughs> <laughs> didn't even learn anything uh we yeah we learned a lot in dial of destiny and uh for what it's worth that movie it certainly gave you it's your your money's worth like they put you in the past the way past uh underwater old cities caves basically anywhere you think indiana jones could be they took you there on that journey uh and and also with uh, a star that is, uh, I think, at the time of filming, 800 years old. <laughs> you did need a younger person to kind of do a lot of the action, and I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge stepped up to the challenge pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love it if she had more opportunities like this. I kind of doubt she will. Um, but she did also get to touch up the script to the most recent Bond movie, so I think she's like still in the realm of action probably she was she was gonna do the mr smith show but then she dropped out yeah it's too bad because that show is looking pretty good from the trailer just saying just saying i'm putting it out there what if it's good i I mean do we need to put a what if it's good on that i think it will be (laughs) i'm gonna it's, it's just it will be good that's my new that's what i'm saying now Let's get back to talking about the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. <laughs> I did not realize until I sat down to watch this very, very long movie <laughs> that Rachel Zegler, who I like, really good, really good in West Side Story, um, was doing a southern accent. And I was like, oh, no. This is, this is the whole movie. It's so bad. And she's like a folk singer in it, too. And it's embarrassing. I like the singing's good, but I mean, like it comes up in embarrassing moments. Like when she gets selected for the Hunger Games, she like start like leads a protest song. I'm like, this is so stupid. How many more songs are we gonna get? I like that every movie she's in is secretly a musical. Secretly <laughs> musical. Shazam two secretly a musical. I I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, it could be. Who knows? No one saw it. That's why it did so bad. <laughs> Um, but even with this dumb voice and all these dopey songs, she's still so charismatic and she's great. And I'm really pulling for her. I love that she's on like Blank Check and George Lucas Talk Show and all these nerd podcasts. Um, I'm a little worried about some of her upcoming projects. Snow White sounds like a bad idea. 
uh, and people, yeah. are, but people are disliking it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, Little Mermaid all over again. She's going to be in Kyle Mooney's Y2K movie, which mm, we'll see. I kind of liked Briggs B. Bear uh, that Kyle Mooney made. Um, so maybe, I don't know. But I like her a lot. I want her to succeed. She's got a really uh, unimpressive Wikipedia photo, which I find only makes her more charming. Uh, yeah, I think she did the most she can with this character that she's clearly wrong for. I mean, she can sing, but I, she's wrong for it in every other way. Mm-hmm. Still better than Tom um, White. She's from these United States, though, right? She's not secretly British. No, she's definitely American, right? She's got. I'm, I'm on her Wikipedia. She is from New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. American. Yeah. It's like my mom. Whenever she finds out a band is like American, she's like, "Oh, thank God!" It's just, a, just says there's so many that aren't. I'm just tired of British people doing Southern accents. Or uh, are I British get... people playing our superheroes? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm used to that. It's having so much. I you have admit though, pretty fucking cool that Superman's American now. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia, Con, you gonna you can go there opening open you're gonna cool. camp out. That's my that's my bro. That. That's my bro. Hey yo. Yeah. Okay. Uh hopefully we'll he doesn't end up on this list when that movie comes in. Uh, no, he's good, he's good. I saw him in Pearl. He's great. We'll see. Which of these ones is the best one? Uh, or, or I guess the middlest one. I don't know. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I guess. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'd give it to Megan, too. Just I mean, so. obviously I'd give it to Megan, but it's kind of a cheat. It's a little bit of a cheat. We're, we're, being, a little, we're being a little cheeky with that pick. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, either of those sounds good to me. I guess it's the thing is we maybe we like Megan too much. I don't know. I mean, I like the Indiana Jones movie more than Megan, but we'll get into it when we talk in our film category. No, I mean, I mean, maybe we like Megan the character. Too oh, much. <laughs> I I do enjoy I do Megan. enjoy Megan the character quite a bit. Remember when she chases that boy on all fours? I mean, everybody remembers because that's also in the trailer. All the best stuff's in the trailer. <laughs> Yeah. If yeah, you've watched the trailer, you've seen all the best scenes for Megan. Yeah. It's uh I guess the question really is need to see. Are we Megan mistakes? Uh, that's a great question. I'm really glad that you <laughs> yeah, you asked that. <laughs> Sean, where do you weigh in on this on us giving an award to <laughs> To an amalgamation of a voice actor, motion capture, CGI, uh, prosthetics, and this is like, animatronics. This is like if we gave an award to Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should. Why not? Kermit's great. Next time a, a Muppets thing comes out, we got to nominate Kermit for a, for a Jimmy Buffett Lifetime Achievement Award. Yes. Can you imagine? And the Jimmy Buffett Lifetime Achievement Award goes to Kermit the Frog. <laughs> All right. Well, it seems like the enthusiasm is there for yeah. Let's do it. The idea of Megan winning our best yeah. actress, or our, <laughs> no, not best, Mildly most pleased. middling most performance. Middling. She's, she's a little, uh, little monotone. <laughs> our our final category is film. Uh, we're gonna pick the most mildly pleasing movie of the year. 
And for me, the most mildly pleasing movie of the year, uh, I'll I'll tell you up front, is The Creator. Because, (laughs) uh, like I talked about on The Pick, this movie is gorgeous. It's like an anime wrought to life. It's so pretty. And like I said before, if you watch it with the subtitles turned off, but the audio in another language, you'll probably think it's the greatest movie of the year. (laughs) But once you have the ability to understand the plot that is written... It will ruin it for you. Your brain will not be able to tolerate how dumb the creator is. Um, it's it's really interesting to go back to um, Rogue One because that was the, the combination of director Gareth Edwards and writer Tony Gilroy and to see where they go off from this where Tony Gilroy makes Andor which is the best written Star Wars thing ever without a doubt. <laughs> and uh, and um, Gareth Edwards goes off and makes The Creator, which is the most beautiful movie of the year, but also just the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Um, I will say it's actually gotten even a further positive bump from me in the last few weeks because I did have the displeasure of watching Rebel Moon Part 1. Uh, I'm going to tell you the whole title. I need to Google it real quick. Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. I don't know what A Child of Fire is. That movie is already over two hours long. I have no idea what that means. And, like, this isn't, Um, like, a book, right? That was just an original idea he had? Yeah. This is Zack Snyder writing, directing, doing cinematography on his own. And it's fucking... So it's not like, oh, man, I have to work with this clunky title. It's like, this is what you came up with. (laughs) It's the opposite of what Gareth... Edwards is doing right because Gareth Edwards is like I did a Star Wars now let me show you how cool my ideas are this is the reverse where Zack Snyder's like I did DC and now I can do whatever I want and what I want to do is Star Wars please hire me Disney I want to make Star Wars I'm available and I'll come cheap because <laughs> I can do all the jobs myself it's so bad um, I guess I'm we're, we're two hours in this podcast I don't need to rag on it too much but I think the creator has a great shot uh uh don't really the thing going against it is I don't think it, you guys will ever even come close to watching it. Rebel Moon, absolutely not. No, the creator. The creator? No, I'm gonna watch the creator. I don't know if I'm gonna. You're gonna I'm watch gonna the try. I think it's on like Hulu. It's like it's like an okay. easy place to watch right now. Just like you know, get some Vangelis playing. Turn the volume way down. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just gonna look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what what happened with Creed three? Uh, Creed 3, I liked better than Creed 2, uh, which I rewatched before this one came out, along with Creed 1. Um, and this is kind of the one that, uh, Sly Stallone had some beef with, because he wasn't involved with Creed 3 at all, because he didn't like that they wanted to, like, take the story in a little bit darker direction, and also have it not be as connected to the Rocky franchise, which I actually liked. I liked that it was something a little different. Uh, I thought the plot to Creed 2 was pretty stupid, that they had to involve Ivan Drago's son to be like, Mm -hmm. my dad killed your dad, now I want to fight you. It just never worked, (laughs) really, even if it had, like... Enough of the like rocky mechanics that usually work enough in a movie. And um, Creed 3, 
I think I gave it three and a half stars, uh, which is a little bit above mildly pleasing, but I get, you know, you got to take it down a peg because the thing that is good about it that works is Jonathan Majors is a, a good villain in this movie. Um, he plays like a guy who knew uh, Adonis Creed as a kid and they were both involved in some like robbery or something and uh, Jonathan Majors' character went to jail and Creed did not and so he's like you have the life I could have had uh, and so he, oh he's like also a really good boxer already and he's also a really good boxer yeah huh, pretty convenient. <laughs> I guess he's just he's been like boxing in jail or something uh, Doing uh, box. and yeah he's, he's a pretty good villain and you know they're both just like the buffest dudes ever uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know it has the thing of all that um, uh, a few movies from early 2023 have is that they had Jonathan Majors in it. And now he's just like, uh, this, this guy that almost became a superstar, but now he's, 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 he's not because yeah, he, persona yeah, non grata. He's, uh, he's, he's no good. Uh, not at all. So um, there's that. I, I didn't get around to seeing this one. Um, but I'm always curious. The first Creed set up the idea that Tessa Thompson is like about to become deaf. And then mm-hmm. I feel like Creed 2 is like, forget about that. Don't worry about it. Is she deaf yet? Um, I can't remember. She <laughs> <laughs> had like a lot of subplots, I feel yeah. like. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. There's also some stuff where he's like, teaching his daughter to become a boxer oh that's and a great idea it's like it's i don't i don't know because he learned I the guess. lesson from from rock because rocky's trying to not train his son to be a fighter and then they ended up fucking up their relationship became like a wall street piece of shit yeah it's true um the movie i gave three I, and a half stars <laughs> oh shit three? no no wait i, I jumped ahead Maybe yeah, I'll give maybe there. I'll give Fast X three and a half stars. You think that's possible? a possibility? I think it's unlikely you'd go for that extra half star. You think so? You think I would? I you think, think I would go three? You think I'd go two and a half? Ooh. Um, I feel it like probably depends on on your mindset at the time. I am so yeah, like, uninterested. Like I gave it, I gave it three, but I think I had a good time because it was just me and nina in the theater no one else was wow that's a rare treat that made it really fun because we could just we could like kind of be like that was so stupid yeah (laughs) um just kind of make snarky comments i feel like uh the since the seventh one the fast and furious movies have had the thing where like because they care about the continuity now, it's kind of fucked up, and there are things there are things that like kind of are just gonna piss the hardcore fans off, even though they're like in the movie for the hardcore fans. And um, this was one of those for me, where like they go back to the post credit scene from F nine, but in a context here that just doesn't make any sense. Um, and then it's like it's like different because they had to reshoot it like years later. Um, I think Dom sucks in this one. <laughs> it feels weird. 
Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a little strange because you heard about all the like onset mm-hmm. problems people had with Vin Diesel uh, being like over controlling, I guess, but it just seems like he doesn't give a shit at all in terms of his performance. <laughs> it's like, I mean, maybe that's why he was difficult to work with, is he both like cared too much, but also didn't care enough at the same yeah. time. It really bothered me that when this came out and was doing well in its opening weekend, he was like, thanks, maybe the next one won't be the last one. Maybe we'll do like a couple more. And then like, yeah. well, like one, they ran like green light a thing with The Rock because he's not in this one because him and Vin can't work together. And then they also put out a video where they're like, no, we're friends again. And it's just like, I just let this end, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, all that said, all that said, Jason Momoa in this is my style icon. Oh, he's he's pretty great in it, actually. Um, yeah. They did find a good villain for the last uh, chapter, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how much they end up leaning back on Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. uh, who is like been implied to be their Thanos for a few movies, but has never never done anything interesting at all. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the best because they let her just have a good fight um, with Michelle Rodriguez. And then they have to like kind of team up a little bit, and that works. And then there's like more cameos that suck ass. Um, wow. The, the whole ass? The whole ass. <laughs> oh my god. What... I, I know it, it it like got to the point where it was like a meme in 2023 that like when you least expect it, Gal Gadot is going to show up in a movie and smile and then that will be her whole contribution to the movie. <laughs> I believe she did that in The Flash yeah. and Shazam 2 yeah. and in Fast X. Wow. <laughs> um, hmm. But then you also had like Rita Moreno show up and that was cool. Yeah. Um, Brie Larson has a nothing part. Uh, Jack Reacher's in it, which you know I like because he's just the biggest boy. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I'm co- I'm conflicted. I ended up personally giving it two and a half, but I don't know. I think John, you might be a th- you might be three stars. Yeah, we'll fucking um, see. I'm just glad when I can finally stop hearing about it. I've listened to yeah I, for a movie I've never seen. I have heard like every fucking detail of this movie. I feel like, <laughs> especially on our Mama Mia episode when Sean talked about it for like an hour. <laughs> I think um, in closing I will say is also part of the unfortunate trend of the sheer number of movies that were released this spring and early summer they were designed to be a part one of two that now that part two is like super delayed because of the strike um, mm-hmm. like uh, across the spider-verse and uh, the new mission impossible like all these movies are like, don't worry. The second part is going to be out in less than a year. And now it's like late 2025 at the earliest or when you're yeah. going to get any of these sequels. It really sucks. Um, a movie that I gave three and a half stars. <laughs> yeah. It was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now, uh, mm-hmm. let, me, let me get into this. So I did have it as my second most anticipated movie going into this year. Okay. But if you remember on that podcast, even then I said the only reason it's not number one is because, honestly, how good is it really going to be? <laughs> I, I, I always kind of knew that, like, how good could this really be? 
But I will say, I went in, and I went in as pretty low expectations because it wasn't particularly well-reviewed. But I still watched all of the Indiana Jones movies before this. And I stand by, and it may probably a controversial opinion, I think this is still the... It it definitely belongs to be on here. But I I do think it is the third best Indiana Jones movie. And I'm I'm sticking by that. At least, you know, you can, you, I'll hear arguments for, like, Temple of Doom being better because it's got, it's like a real movie. It has, like, sets and stuff. But the story of that movie sucks. The supporting characters suck. It's also weirdly racist. It's, it's, it's got so many problems. And every time I've rewatched it, it still has those problems. And I can't look past them. And then, uh, came with the Crystal Skull, an amazing half, op- opening half hour. Fucking garbage for most of the rest of it. Most only because it has a lot of the problems this movie has, where it's like, well, this is a video game now. <laughs> so I will give, even though this new one looks like a video game, I do give it props for being like an ex- an interesting story that really digs deep into his uh, passion for archaeology. And like, I do mm. still think that moment where they're going up in the plane and they realize they fucked up and like, wait, where is this plane actually going? Is a pretty exciting moment, especially. For that brief moment, you're like, is Indiana Jones going to go to dinosaur times? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it it is one of the most exciting moments I've had with the franchise in a while. And yeah, it just, it turns out to be this old-timey shit, which is kind of fun. It's still funny watching the Nazis shoot their machine guns at Roman soldiers. Yeah, and getting fucking rocked by all these arrows. (laughs) (laughs) So like, yeah, it's too long. Uh, It looks weird often <laughs> but i think it's paced well i think it has a nice old timey feel like the, some of the classic indiana jones movies uh harris ford's still good notice he didn't get nominated for mal the police award because yeah dude he's fucking indiana jones it's so interesting to me that um when he talks about his career he seems to not care at all about like han solo or um uh, was Deckard is that his name from Rick Blade Deckard Runner? yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, but he really genuinely cares a whole lot about Indiana Jones it seems to be like the one action part that he is actually invested in mm-hmm. he cares I don't, have any, he does. I don't know if anybody else does I and and when, I love that when people are like, "Who's going to be the next Indiana Jones?" He's like, "There isn't going to be a next Indiana. It's me." I love and that. Then it's over. I love that it's something that can just end. And like, yeah, I think there's a good argument. We're like, well, yeah, they shouldn't have made this one then. But I just <laughs> I like them going out on one that's a little less silly than the last one. They just made it way too late. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Steven Spielberg not being involved is kind of sad, but it also meant George Lucas was involved, and maybe that's a good thing. And what's Spielberg even doing now, man? I think he's recalibrating after West Side Story did not make a trillion dollars. Maybe he'll make Mario Brothers the movie, too. <laughs> so this falls back into that other camp of movies that made a shitload of money yeah. in 2023. <laughs> Unexpectedly, I think maybe the maybe the second highest grossing movie of the year would be my guess. Um, and we kind of forget because I feel like the Wonka, the Chalamet is Wonka stuff became like the main meme of twenty twenty three after Barbenheimer. 
Uh, but before Barbenheimer, we had the Chris Pratt is man in movies. Uh, yeah. And I feel like that was really epitomized by the Super Mario Brothers movie. Where it was like, like the easiest, most famous impression. Uh, or I don't know, like the most famous impression, but like one of the most famous impressions in the world. Everybody can do the Mario voice, and they cast Chris Pratt in this part. Um, and then he seemed to not even try to do the accent. <laughs> uh, it definitely put a, a a bit of stink on this movie mm-hmm. um, before it even came out. And what we should have focused on was that Jack Black is great in it. It, it and... looks great. It sounds great. Yeah. Um, the plot is fine. Really, my I feel like when we were watching this, my problem with this movie is like this movie is like not funny ever, <laughs> which is a no. which is a problem. It's a kind of movie that I've been an adult for such a long time that I forgot also is made, which is like a movie that's for kids and only for kids. It has no... Like, I'm so used to the Pixar, yeah. like... No, it spoiled us. You're like, right. And like expecting more. Working on multiple levels, or, or, or just, yeah, just being sophisticated instead of just going for uh, the lowest hanging fruit and, like, the most obvious needle drops um, that, we, like, that we've heard a million times, but probably these kids don't even know that they're, like, real songs. Um... <laughs> seems like kind of a weird approach though just because like a lot of people our age and even older than us like grew up with mario yeah like why would we grew up with the definitive mario movie already you know that's a great point that's true because like well i mean i think they they proved us wrong in thinking that this was just going to be for like older people like us who grew up with it like clearly they made the right move and, and by recalibrating it i feel like this movie is way more for kids and kids are way more interested in this movie. They, they've successfully passed it on to another generation and we're all a little pissed off because it's like, Hey, that's, <laughs> that's our thing. Yeah. You made it dumb. I mean, and I also feel like the alternative is stuff like what's going on in the MCU where they're like, look at these new characters, kids. And they're like, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. I, I, I it feels right for this uh, for this ceremony though, and that it's like it doesn't really do anything wrong. It just I don't know. It doesn't really aspire to be that much either. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't give me a lot of hope for the uh, Zelda movie. That oh, absolutely right not. This. Like I don't even I can't even fathom like like because you because like when Iron Man came out and we all liked it, we we're like, okay, so this is how a Marvel movie is gonna be from here on out. This is like the template. But you watch that Mario movie and it doesn't like. Is this what Zelda's gonna be like too? Is it gonna be like? It's gonna have a bunch of minions. It's gonna have like the final countdown in it and stuff, and <laughs> it's gonna be like Tom uh, Holland and Liam Neeson or something. <laughs> and if you broaden it out to include Detective Pikachu, it's even like weirder to like what is a Nintendo movie between these two? What what do they have in common? Oh, they cast like really popular action comedy guys. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think my suggestion is just, let's just not make video game movies ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun idea, idea, but now that we've seen, like, I guess this is as good as it can get, it's like, eh, well, yeah, I don't need this. Well, I mean, I would argue we also had The Last of Us in 2023, which is kind of cheating because the game is basically a movie to begin well, with. Well, also, I but... didn't like it, so... 
But I'm a, I know, I know um, I'm in the minority. So, not even gonna, not even gonna fucking touch that. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> get fucking canceled well, for my bad we, take. You like Sonic the Hedgehog, doesn't it? I mean, as, as much as I liked Mario. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's a great. What's better, Mario or Sonic? I don't even know. They're about the same. <laughs> I would, you know, I, I think Mario when... actually might get the edge just because it actually has like a lot of music and stuff from the games where it's like. Sonic is fucking like giving you blue balls the whole time, like because you're like expecting yeah. a music cue, and then you get like maybe five seconds of something, and you're like, "Oh, go and play more of it." I need to see more blue balls, like in the game. Because <laughs> <laughs> like at the end of the first movie, you, you get a little of na 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 na, and I'm oh, like, uh, "How is this not playing the entire time?" <laughs> at least like the Mario movie, like it gives you all the, like the famous Mario tracks. There are a few scenes in the Mario movie that like are basically like cinematics from a Mario yeah, game. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's just like Yoshi was like kind of Yoshi was like good though. Oh, it's not yeah. neat. It's it's fine. It's totally it's mildly pleasing. Is it the most mildly pleasing? Um, I definitely kind of like it for this. I thought it'd be Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I kind of like predestined it to be when I picked it uh, yeah. as my anticipated. But I also like, I feel like Mario kind of sums up the award more. Okay. Plus, I feel like there's such a divide between my uh, Dial of Destiny review, uh, rating and Collins. Yeah, we all gave it different ratings, which I mean, I guess if you average it out, it, it does come to three stars, because I gave it two and a half, Shaw gave it three, I think, and John gave three and a half. Three and yeah. a half. Did I? Uh, what did I give Mario? So maybe, did I give that two and a half? Maybe we're not in agreement enough, but I didn't see the Mario movie. You know, the weird thing is even though we're like talking kind of shit about it, I would say it is worth seeing just because it looks cool. <laughs> I believe it. Wait, if we're using that criteria, you gotta give it to the creator. <laughs> <laughs> I, wow, I gave Mario three. Yeah. Damn, dude. What did you give Mario, Sean? Where's your review of Mario? I Letterbox is confusing to me sometimes. Well, if I just want to find my friend's review and I have to scroll through pages and pages. I gave it I gave it uh, two and a half stars and I wrote, It's a no from me, dog. No from me, dog. It's pretty no, or it's pretty negative. My favorite, what did I write? What's funny is my favorite stuff was just Mario and Luigi trying to make it in Brooklyn as struggling plumbers. If I'd made this film, it would have just been a light drama about the common working man with no fantasy elements and definitely no aha needle drops. Three stars. Are people going to think we're babies if we give uh, the award to a baby movie? Yeah, do you think about that, Colin? I didn't think about it. Um, I mean, look at all these baby Megan Wonka. <laughs> Thank God we got what Jimmy else? Buffett and the Rolling Stones. <laughs> yes, to appeal to the the olds. I think um, I don't think it's Fast X. That's that's to me the only mm. one that's totally rolled out. I think Creed Three is a funny one because it's just like, oh yeah, because of that guy. Yeah. Um, I do also strongly believe the creator is such a mixed bag. 
I feel like I'm going to see uh, it and, not, and really be bored out of my mind. Yeah, you will be because you'll be listening to it. Don't listen to it. <laughs> this is fucking tough. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to those. Two, I think though, it does. Either Indiana Jones or Super Mario. I would prefer to give it to Indiana Jones. I prefer Mario, but as seeing as we've all seen Indiana Jones, I think that's fine. You can give it Indiana Jones. All right. And there you have it. A wonderful and thoughtful retrospective on the most middling content in all of 2023. We were proud to have survived it. And we look forward now on to 2024. And how are we going to do that? By continuing to look back over at mildlyplease.com. We're going to have our top 10 lists of our favorite um, albums and TV shows and uh, movies uh, all over on that blog. Uh, it's a good place to, to find out um, what stuff was good because that's not what this award show is. But if you want to hear perhaps a forecast for what could be good in the future, but more likely will show up as nominees on the 2024 version of the Mildly Please Awards, um, subscribe to Mildly Please on whatever podcast thing you use because our next podcast is going to be our most and least anticipated movies of the year. Uh, and then probably after that we'll get we'll get back to the picking and all that, all that good stuff. So uh, thanks for listening guys thanks for uh for doing this show with me it's a pleasure and, uh, every year yes thank you i'll speak with you next time <laughs> <laughs>